What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you doing? Happy holidays. Oh, yes. Happy holidays. What's going on, everybody? My name is Ultimate DJs. Welcome into the show. Here we are, five days before Christmas in the U.S. of A. It's cold over here. It's cold, Bubba Joe. Is it cold in your neck of the woods? It's cold over here. Woo! Woo! I am cold. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. Appreciate. Oh no! Oh no! I forgot to turn the things on. What are you? What are you talking about? Cold. It's still over sixty. Oh my gosh! No, it's like fifteen over here right now, dude. I'm so cold. Aren't you like six miles up or something? Yeah, I do live on a mountain. I do indeed live on a mountain. I mean, that's that's a thing. Good evening, everybody. Welcome in. My name is Ultimate DJs, hitting you guys up for a holiday edition of the Talking Trek Server Sound Off. You guys hit it in the chat. Iron Chef Aloha from Server 14. Holiday greetings from Server 21 and Aquila Hawk and Dorian Gully on Server 13. Thank you, Spectre on 11. Eyebrow on Server 24. What's up, Drunken Dole on uh, 221? Noonwest on 29, Game Junior on 30. Shadow Sheep Seasons Ratings to you from Server 133. What's up, Dabrick? Happy Holidays from Server 21. Joker on Server 16. Three days until your sister's birthday. Happy birthday to you, Wolfwood on 49. Guru Meditation on 42. Johnny Five on 44. Felonious Squirrel on 9. Tarpy on 70. What's up? Shala on server 15. Good evening to you, Lieutenant Fire on server nine. Marias on 195. What's up, Don Zeno? How you doing? Stray Cat, hello, hello. Papa Smurf, thank you so very much. Doug on 38. Major Sammo on 72. Engineer on 89. Woo! It's just insanity on 74. Odysseus on 11. Lord Garrett on 49. DC Two Toes. On 31, Sergeant Epi on 42, Benny Hills Ghost on 42 as well. Jay Carlo on server 16, Scaly back from the Outback on 193, Marias on 195. Good evening to you one and all. Welcome into the show. My name is Ultimate DJs. Appreciate you guys all being here. Welcome in uh, to all of you. Bubba Joe, how are you? No, my air conditioning is not on, trust me. It's, it's, it's cold over here, Bubba. All right. How about, it, how about is the studio on fire? I... <laughs> I almost wish that it was. <laughs> it's not right now. <laughs> it's not right now, but I'm almost there, okay? Like, I could have just... Oh, I forgot the thingies again. Here, let me turn off all the thingies. Uh, good evening, everybody. Appreciate you guys all being here. You have a problem with the thingies, don't you? I, I, because I don't turn the thingies off on the last show. Like, I, I should. I should turn them off. Like, when I go off the air uh, on a previous Twitch show, I should turn the thingies off, and then... I'll be ready for the next podcast, but then like at the end of the, you know, I forget because that will always, never happen. No, obviously not. Uh, good evening, Griffin. Welcome in. Uh, no, I don't want the doohickeys on. There's no doohickeys. Um, good evening, Griffin. Welcome in. Happy holidays. You can't show doohickeys on Twitch. <laughs> you can now. <laughs> you, you can now. Okay. Uh, thank you for that, Twitch. Um, but yeah, yeah. Doohickeys are all available on Twitch now. Karkin is hanging out. Putz is here. Good evening to you. Uh, appreciate I'll try it. I'm trying to remind you to turn off your thingies. Thank you. Uh, yeah, all the doodads as well. All right. You know, all oh, the doodads too. 
Ooh, I can do things All right. I don't know about. Let you me guys. ask a question here, real quick. Hyperdrive saying this, Griffin. We're hearing this more and more here. All right, we're hearing this more and more that if people are watching on both platforms, that one of them is like is like drowning out. Hyperdrive says Twitch volume is great, uh, Discord volume is weak. We're hearing that from a lot of people. Is that because there's like two different sound drivers going on or something? Because people no, like Bubba Joe has me just in Discord, and it's fine. I would be concerned if the the levels of one panelist were different than another on the different streams. But if one entire stream is a different volume than the other, they they have their own volume interfaces and their own apps controlling. So yeah, I don't I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Uh, Joker says that uh, I'm a bit softer than everyone else. I'll tell you why. It's because I legitimately am. My voice, so my microphone is potted up like 10 more dB than normal because I actually don't have a voice. Like what you're hearing right now is totally computer generated, uh, Griffin. <laughs> I have, there is no volume to my voice right now. So I'll turn the panel down and I'll try to turn me up a little bit. But my, my problem is that I don't have a voice right now, okay? I, I will I remind everybody that if you do go into Talking Trek Studio and you see all of the <sighs> panelists listed on the top, you can individually click on them and turn them up or down. That only affects your reception of each panelist. Yeah. So that would be the Discord hack of the day. Ras Rascar says Discord's been a little bit weird here lately. Shut her down, come on back in. You could do something like that as well. Uh, listen, we want to welcome in uh, all of you. There's 226 people in the live studio audience. Not bad, Bubba Joe. Given the fact that it's so late at night, we're gonna have. I've got to figure out this Wednesday thing. I, I hate this. I hate this Wednesday thing uh, that's happening right now. But we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to deal with it for a little bit longer. But I do appreciate the live studio audience. We've got announcements to make. Um, Wolfwood says tonight's topic: wave defense and why everyone hates it. Not on this show. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Not on this show. Uh, actually, uh, Bubba Joe, seriously, why, why did it just do that? <sighs> Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. You, man, you make it so hard to love you. All right, so we just lost our Twitch audience. Are, are you asking me a technical question about Twitch? <sighs> we just lost our Twitch audience. Uh, no, they, they, went to, they went to break automatically all by themselves. <sighs> well, we'll we'll get them back here in a minute. Uh, what we do need to do uh, is get into our stupid news. We've got announcements that I want to make. Uh, I've got some promotional updates that I want to let you guys know about, some giveaways that we're doing, and I want to let you know about our final tally on the Christmas Angel Fund. We've got a lot of stuff to do tonight, Bubba Joe. And I do want to um, and I do want to do it as concise as possible because I have no idea. Right now, the computer is still able to make something out of my voice, but when I go completely silent, the computer's not going to be able to do it. I'm going to have to start typing on the keyboard, and it'll read it to you. Uh, so <laughs> so that's what we're going to have to do, and we're going to have to get to it uh, in, a, in a pretty quick fashion. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I suppose that we should go ahead and begin. Uh, you know, I like that question. Adama Dundee says, uh, or Adam, Adam Dundee may says, Hey, Bubba Joe. I have to ask you a question. Your favorite captains from best to worst. Do you want to do this real quick before we get into like our actual content? Because tonight I sure. did. I what, did. Are wanna... we talking about captains in the game or captains in the Ooh. series? Captains in the series would be right. We'd want to do captains in the series. I would think yeah. is how we'd want to do it. Yes. Uh, so for me, uh, it would have to be. Uh, it would have to start with Picard. Okay. 
Um, and then it would probably Bubba Joe. Let's let's just do them even. What's your number one? I think my number one would have to be Picard. Am I allowed to repeat, or do I have to pick differently? Then no, you don't have to pick differently. We just want your true top five. So, like, if you agree with me, that'd be good. Yeah, I think I think Picard is is my number one. We may disagree if, after this, but I, I think, think so. Picard is pretty clearly the the one A number two. Janeway for me. Oh, only you guys are playing. Okay. Oh yeah, Karkin. What you got? What you got? What do you got? Uh, I actually have. I wrote a great stupid news joke about captain you. Captain was my favorite. Oh, what is it? sorry. What? I wrote a great <laughs> stupid news joke about you. We'll we'll do it here in just a minute. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I got a really good one for you. All right, it's about llama poop. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel seriously. like I'm gonna laugh. It really is. Uh, all right, Karkin, your number one favorite captain in the TV series. Data. When he was captain for the time period, and he um, went on his own orders and did his own thing and saved the day. He was the best captain ever. <laughs> Count on Karkin. All right, all right, uh, all right, Karkin. I'll take it, Karkin. <laughs> Karkin, what was the ship he was captain of? Oh, that's a good question. That's that requires a, a second level of memory that's been replaced with stupid, irrelevant information. <laughs> uh, the USS Sutherland is what Data yes. was the captain of. Yes, that is correct. Yep, uh, that's all right, Karkin. We know you're high. Uh, number two would have to be Janeway for me. All right, uh, Bubba Karkin, what do you guys got on that? Uh, I think my number two is pretty easily uh pike oh man i like pike too i don't oh man i do like pike karkin where are you at on that one those are both good options i still yeah. got cisco to pick with too so he's right up there yeah um, but yep. you know somebody in the chat would be quick to point out that cisco wasn't a captain but for like he was a commander but he did yeah. become he was a captain, captain later for so like seven episodes as of uh, season three, I believe. Oh, was it season three? He did get promoted. Okay. I couldn't remember what season it was, but I mean, anyway. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Cisco definitely counts. He was the, he was the, the lead character of a series. So, I mean, he definitely counts. I'm just saying, um, yeah. Dive month says, what about acting captain Wesley Crusher? I mean, that technically, oh, wow. count, that technically counts as well. I do believe. Um, all right. So that's cool. Karkin, where are you going to land on captain number two? I'll go Cisco. He turned into an ascended being of some sort. The prophet's logo, yeah. <laughs> he was so high, he, he ascended. Good. Karkin's like, I aspire <laughs> to be that high. Can't get any higher than an ascended being. <laughs> I aspire to be that high. All right. Uh, number three captain uh, for me. And I think we, we're not necessarily talking about any captain character. We're just kind of talking about the the centerpieces of the of the enter, of the of the Star Trek universe, right? Uh, so for me, I mean, and you guys feel free to get as creative as you want. I'm going to stay very mainstream. Uh, number three for me, in fact, actually would be Cisco. Uh, would be my number three captain, um, Baba Joe. What do you got there? Because I actually have a very unorthodox well, number four, um, but maybe, so maybe number I five. do love I I do love Cisco. But I, you know, as you were kind of hinting at, I don't think of him as a captain. He's clearly the center point of the show. Uh -huh. But he was the commander of a space station, not, and he had the rank of captain. But, you know, there were only a handful of episodes where he was a captain of a show. So I'm going to pull him out of my rankings because he doesn't scream captain to me. And I'm going to go with Captain Freeman. 
Wow. Okay. Uh, wasn't expecting that, but we'll go with it. Uh, Captain Freeman, uh, what do you have over there, Karkin? I'm definitely thinking Picard. I can't leave him any lower than at least you know. I, top I don't. Ranking. Yeah, so I I agree with that. Uh, all right, number four. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer here for a second. I want to see what you guys what you guys come up with number four because I think that. I think that mine is going to surprise some people. Although I like that in the chat, Omicron. Captain Sulu often gets overlooked, but he was a formidable captain and had a very strong role. So I like that very, very much. Uh, Bubba Joe, you go first. My number four? I got to go OG, Captain Kirk. God, he was just not ever my favorite. Ugh. Um, so I did not appreciate <laughs> Captain Kirk in the TV shows. Uh-huh. But I love Captain Kirk in all of the movies, including the Calvin timeline. Okay, the I movies. I love those iterations of Kirk. Yeah, the movies were good. Uh, the movies were good. All right, now some of you guys are stealing my thunder. Uh, I don't know if he's a number. I don't know if he legitimately deserves to be number four. But at the very least, he deserves to be mentioned. But Bubba Joe, I think I was so enamored with the performance of Todd Stashwick that Captain Shaw has actually become one of my favorite Starfleet captains of all time. I, I got no objection to that. Yeah. Captain Shaw's up there. Captain Shaw was one of the best. I would absolutely have watched a film, a, a feature film, a movie, a series, all dedicated to him. I, um, I think he was a phenomenal character. I would have loved to have explored him more. Uh, I hope that they could do something maybe with like a backstory. Obviously, they can't do anything moving forward with him, but it would be really cool to to see him in a show. He was just so such a dynamic captain. Uh, really, really like that uh, about him. No. So Captain Shaw, yeah, Captain Shaw is great for me. He, I, I don't know if he deserves number four, but I'm going to give him in the top five. I'll give him number four. I'm going to give him number four. Spectre says they could bring him back. They brought back Shax. That is true. All right, uh, Captain number five, and then we'll take our first break because Twitch is already screaming at me tonight, Bubba Joe, and we've got a full itinerary. Captain number five, what do you got? Uh, my Captain number five is probably going to be Captain Riker. That's fair. He's good. He's a good captain in, in multiple series, right? He was in Picard. Yep. Um, also yep. lower decks. Let's not forget captain Riker of lower decks. Who's just a phenomenal, yep. phenomenal character over there. So yeah, I really like that as well. Uh, anybody else? I think I missed my four, but Pike for my next line. And then if I did have another one, Oh, did I miss your number four? Sorry. Maybe that's okay. My bad. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I, I have a hard time thinking of five. I'm drawing a gap. Like there's obviously some good ones, but who do who, really steps it up yeah and um i don't want to be a copycat but i think you're in your top five no come on no no No. i'm not putting that captain archer in my top five no no i don't know anyone smart enough to put uh to bring on his ship exactly i mean come on bonus points for that i i i do i don't want to copycat on bubba joe i do like the new Anson Mount Captain Pike. I do really like him. Um, but I think I'm going to step yeah, one away. I think I'm going to step one away. I'm going to do something even weirder for, num- for my number five. And I'm Are gonna- you going to go on Prodigy? No, no, I'm not. 
Uh, but it's almost as weird, all right? Not quite as weird as that would be with Prodigy. I am going to go with Christopher Pine's Kirk. Not Shatner's Kirk, but Pine's Kirk, I think, is the best Kirk I've ever, actually ever seen on, on TV. I think he's a better Kirk than Shatner. I know, I know, Lord Sunday says, heathen! No, that's, I think Christopher... No, I I know, I think Christopher Pine's Kirk is a better Kirk than Shatner's Kirk. Sorry, I know he was modeled after him, but he was modeled so good that, like, he became Kirk to me. Don't boo me. Do not boo me! I'm just saying, like, okay, you know how, like, the apprentice becomes the master, okay? Like, the student becomes the master. Like, that happens, right? I think Christopher Pine wanted to do honor to William Shatner, and I think he did, and I think he did so well that I related to Kirk stronger through Christopher Pine than I did William Shatner. That's right. He out-Kirked Kirk. Deckick says, I'm out. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Um, Wildstar says heathen because he can be beat up left and right. No, I think heathen because he did get beat up a lot, but he could also take a lot. He could take a punch. Right, he could take like fifty punches. He could keep on going. So anyway, um, the- I have an honorable mention, DJ. Hey, Potts, what do you got? Don't you dare go, Voyager. Yeah. Nope, don't do it. No, no, no. It it, it may be off putting for some, but Captain Saru. I literally just said don't. I said Voyager. That's not what I meant. I meant Discovery. Don't you dare do it. And he, of course, did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, of course, that's what he did. Well, I'm okay with him not doing Voyager because, because for me. No, like, Sunday. I didn't like, mean that. Yeah, Disco. I like Janeway was my number two. All right. I love her. Yeah. Well, you can sit down for that one. Now, see, now, Spectre, I, I appreciate this. And, and obviously, we got to get into the show. This was a fun opening segment, by the way. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Spectre says, you know what? Maybe not necessarily over Shatner, but Christopher Pine's Kirk over Paul Wesley's Kirk any day. Agreed. I'm not a fan of Paul Wesley's Kirk. I'm just not feeling it yet. I think you could get there. I'm just not feeling it. Not really feeling it. Anyway, um, there there I, you go. I could not agree with that. Like, like Really? Like that. You like Paul Wesley? I, lo- I love his take on Kirk in Strange New Worlds. No, I'm not, not feeling it yet. Not yet. Not feeling it yet. All right. I, he's not bad. Let me just say, he's not bad, but it, it doesn't feel Kirk to me. It doesn't feel Kirky. Kirk Kirky. <laughs> it's a, that's it's like, probably it's probably because they've played up a lot of his intelligence in Strange New Worlds, whereas that was kind of like an afterthought in every other iteration. Yeah, that's fair. I can see that. Uh, we were just kind of going through everywhere it matters and kind of talking about some of our favorite, uh, rank one through five Starfleet captains. And then we threw a couple of honorable mentions out there. Then we kind of got on a tangent of all the different versions of Kirk that were out there and, and so forth and so on. So yeah, no, it was, uh, it was an interesting, nice opening piece of the show, which really truthfully, Bubba Joe kind of suits itself very well to what I want to do here today. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right into it. Um, thank you again to all audiences hanging out. We are now up to golly, look at that Bubba Joe over 311, 313 people in our live studio audience. Thank you guys so very much. Um, I'd like to welcome you guys all in Time our- for that number to crater. Yes, it is time for the audience to go take a poop and get a drink and maybe make a sandwich uh, because it is indeed time for your stupid news. And as we do that, we'll send the Twitch audience off to a break. Uh, if you want to avoid that, though, I really would suggest 
somebody's attacking my base. I really would suggest that you guys um, sub to the channel because then you guys get the stupid news. Like, you don't have to go to a commercial break uh, when we do the stupid news. And I might just say, like, I wrote good news today. As a matter of fact, I made Bubba Joe laugh out loud. Legit. I, I you, gave you an LOL emoji. You, that is a true You laughed wow. out no, he actually laughed. I could just hear it when he read it and the way that he wrote his little emoji reaction, he got a good chuckle out of it. Didn't you, Bubba Joe? You chuckled. I did not. You lie. <laughs> you lie. You did chuckle. Bubba. I, offer, I, I challenge you to offer proof. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a very quick break and uh when we come back you'll hear the joke that made bubba joe laugh uh right here on the stage of talking trek live thank you guys so very much we'll be back and for the rest of you still here it is time for the stupid news stupid, stupid news, news. 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 go ahead karkin <laughs> Do it, baby. Do it. I, I decided on a short one. This, this time. <laughs> there you go. No, you do not get news in chipmunk voice. That is not happening, nor will it ever. Okay, stop asking. Uh, Bubba Joe, this is uh, this is great news right here today. I've got fantastic news for you. U.S. economist Harry Dent predicts that, by the way, Harry Dent. Does anybody actually catch that? Wasn't there a character in a DC movie? Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent? Harvey Dent. Harvey. I it was yeah. Harvey. All right, daggone it. I was getting ready to say, no way this guy's name is actually... Anyway, okay. Harry Dent predicts that a 2024 calendar year, Papa Joe... <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Harvey Dent... Uh, Harvey. God bless. Harry Dent predicts that uh, 2024 will bring the, quote, biggest economic crash of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yay. <laughs> yeah, Bubba Joe, he's saying he's saying that next year is going to be the worst. I mean, seriously, what a terrible thing to say five days before before Christmas. Like, this guy, this guy is even worse than people who give socks for Christmas. All right, like, don't. Mm, you don't get to say things like that, Harvey Dent, Harry, well, whatever. Wait a, well, wait a second. Wait a second. No. I asked for socks for Christmas. Bubba God. <laughs> Why? That doesn't even deserve a button. Like, stop it with the... Bubba, you asked for socks? Yes. Aww. You're so cute. Uh, a new report. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go, Karkin. A new report says that llama poop <laughs> has sparked 57% more plant growth in a part of the Andes that was barren and, quote, devoid of all life. To which Karkin inquired, any specific plant or just like, and maybe all of them, you know, I don't know, it's kind of asking for a friend, you know, not, you know. <laughs> where, where can you hook it up? Yeah, who's got a supply of llama poop they want to sell me? <laughs> just asking around. Objection, Your Honor, objection. <laughs> 
What is 53% more growth of an area that is devoid of life? So zero growth. How do you get 53% more than zero and say it means something? Uh, you know what? That's actually a terrifically excellent question, Bubba Joe. We should we should email these scientists. We should email these scientists and find out what the heck is actually going on over there. Llamas really do, Kark, and they poop all over the place. So much so that uh, people sometimes get them confused with uh, residents of Los Angeles. Uh, so <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, hey. All right. <laughs> hey, what's Dude. up, Griffin? How you doing? Uh, let's see what else we got. Mariah Carey. I have never encountered poop on a Los Angeles road. I cannot <laughs> say the you. same for roads in Virginia. <laughs> I know. I know. It's funny. It's funny. Look, I got I got Griffin coming at me. Specter, Scribbler coming. I, I mean, I just thought it was cute. I'm just... Poke, poke, poke. Uh, Mariah Carey's in the news, though, Bubba Joe. Mariah Carey reportedly spending the holidays without Brian Tanaka. Do you guys hear about this? Who? <laughs> Brian Tanaka. So they've been together for such a long time. Uh, this is fueling rumors that she and her longtime boo have finally called it quits. Breaking up in December is actually terrible news for Brian. All right, means that he will always be remembered as the one dude that Mariah didn't want for Christmas. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else do we have here? 84. <laughs> this, this one is so good. 84-year-old Mari Povich and 77-year-old Connie Chung packed on the PDA this past week, Bubba Joe, as they enjoyed a rare public outing together at the Daytime Emmy Awards in Los Angeles. These two were getting so frisky that we were somewhat surprised that Mari didn't yell out, I am your daddy. <laughs> come on, that had to be funny, right? Oh, come on, Otter. Drag it didn't have to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one did not fall flat. All right, just because you guys don't remember watching Mari on TV, okay? Just because y'all don't remember Actually, watching Mari. In fairness, Jeez. Mari is probably more relevant today than Connie Chung, although Connie Chung means more to you and me. True. And both of them are more relevant than Mariah Carey, so we've got that. <laughs> All right, y'all should have known who this was. All right, uh, let's see. What do we got? Um... I got a Kanye West joke. I could. All right, I'll give you this last one. Then we'll go over to sports. Uh, let me see. Fans, if you can call them that, Bubba Joe, are bashing Kanye West's latest Yeezy shoe design, um, oh, the new release, over its uncanny resemblance to socks. Maybe, maybe you would like them, Bubba Joe. You were just talking about you wanted socks. Oh, my God. Somebody's got to buy Bubba Joe's Kanye West new socks. Somebody, please be great some say the shoes are so hideous that it actually kind of reminds them of being a kid and shopping at payless yeah. 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 I, all my shoes came from payless <laughs> i know that's a terrible joke because i got my shoes there's a payless down the road i still shop at payless who wrote this terrible yeah. insulting joke Wes. I haven't been able to buy shoes at Payless for about 30 years. Wes, Maybe 35. West announced that the pair of travel-friendly shoes 
is now on pre-sale for $200. It's somehow an even bigger waste of money than purchasing Kanye's newest album. There, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> True stupid news. Oh, that sound can only mean one thing, Bubba Joe. Oh. Long intro. Uh, now, time for your uh, your stupid sports with uh, live weekend sports anchor, Bubba Joe. Bubba Joe, what's going on in sports? The Detroit Pistons have now lost 24 straight basketball games, which is amazing because you'd think in that city they could at least steal one win. <laughs> oh. Yes! Got it! All right, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else, Bubba? A Cincinnati, a Cincinnati resident celebrated their 105th birthday by drinking Fireball whiskey and walking, watching a Packers game, which is incredible because you'd think she'd need something way stronger to make it through a Packers game. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and I'm gentlemen. going to... I'm not going to make fun of teams that are winning, DJ. <laughs> I'm not, She's like, from I Cincinnati, you know man. Joke, She's, but you can't make fun of teams that are actively winning games. She was, I, first of all, we make fun of everybody around here, okay? Second of all, she's from Cincinnati. She's not going to be cheering for, for the Packers. Oh, way to ruin my joke, Bubba Joe. All the rest of it were all the rest of it were perfect. <laughs> and you took the you took the joke and you made my streak less than perfect today. Yeah, that's I did it. I ruined your streak. Yes. Yes, it was a great it was a great news. All right, welcome in everybody. Appreciate you guys all being here. My <laughs> My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live. Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. You guys, Bubba, they still don't get it. Dragon Keeper's like, Bubba Joe actually saved your news today. They don't get it, Bubba. I write that stuff too. Except he usually changes it. <laughs> he usually changes it up a little bit. I, I, have, I have editorial authority. I, I, sent him, I sent him the stuff and he just swaps in a word and then somehow it's a better joke. All right. Uh, welcome. <laughs> Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, Bubba Joe, we are obviously 11 days from the end of the year. Our holiday schedule is going to be, um, is going to be, guys, even when I, Orsis, even when I joke about who writes this stuff, that's what makes it funny. I write it all. All right. I'm the, that, when I, when it's not going so well, I'm going to blame a terrible writer, uh, except that person is me. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all. Hey, DJs, can mm. I offer one quick thing about the lead story as your legal counsel is not here? And of course, we are not authorized to provide anybody legal economic advice. I do want to point out that Harry Dent Harvey. may say the economy is Harvey. Harvey. No, Harry Dent may Harry. say the economy is crashing next year. However, he has published previous books such as 2009's The Great Depression Ahead. We're already one year in. 2011's The Great Crash Ahead. 2014, The Demographic Cliff. So you can see there's sort of a pattern to his um, storytelling. It would almost be Are like you trying to, to discredit Harvey Dent? Okay. I'm just saying listening to him for legal advice is like <laughs> listening to a STFC content creator trying to hype you up about next month's big feature. 
take the advice for what it's worth. It may be worth what you paid for it. Back to you, DJs. Thank you, Griffin, from the financial business news desk. Uh, anyway, what we're doing here is we, <laughs> Dragon Keeper says, okay, that might have been the best piece of the news. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, let me get my wits back about me. Uh, here as we approach the end of the year, guys, I thought it would be a cool idea to, because let's be honest. Wouldn't that involve you having wits in the first place? I do. Um, however, I want to, I want to kind of just say, first of all, if there are questions, if there's something that we need to talk about, uh, related to this arc, totally fine with that. Okay. As a matter of fact, Bubba, if you got any topics, anything like that, we can totally do that. Um, but I feel like this arc has been somewhat straightforward. There are some highs and lows and, and there's some engineering stuff. I think echo is just come out of the woodwork. He's been spot on with communication, uh, over the last several weeks, but I kind of agree medic. The feature is sound. Um, engineering is not. It is a fun thing for me to do. I'm afraid that they are trying to rub the shine off of it by making us do it every single day. I, I've tried to kind of recommend that they back that off a little bit. But, Bubba, in the grand scheme of things, and this is going to sound crazy. Like, I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be um, a snotty little brat here, but it's been simple and I don't feel like there's really anything else to dive into. Like there's not been major controversies. There's not, we we've done a lot of teaching. We did a lot of education on wave defense, but man, we hammered that for the first two weeks. And I don't know that there's a heck of a lot for us to talk about inside the game specifically to stuff that's going on right now. So if there is, we'll absolutely touch on that here in a little bit. Bubba, just off the top of your head, you have anything that needs attention in the game right now? Well, I think I think you I think you talked about something. My guess is you talked about something on Twitch that I think is something we typically talk about on the podcast. So for those that are not, you know, dual keeping track, where are we at for a loot count? Oh gosh. Uh so I did give a loot count. Let me pull that up here real quick. I did give a loot count. But this is only as of, yeah, see, I'm, I am all, gosh, I am behind by like four days because we're already at almost 300,000 loot free to play. And I'm still, I've only got events. I'm, so I'm missing two days worth of events. We're at 289,000 loot. It's looking good, Baba Joe. I mean, it's not looking terrible. Uh, and again, Hyperdrive says I'm at 401 as of yesterday, but there's probably some ALB and some SLB that you're you're working in there. I, of course, am just doing straight up free to play SMS, <clears throat> uh, one ticket, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I am going to remind you, Medic says it's not 500,000, and you know we don't typically. I mean, that's a little on the high side for what we normally expect. But um, we are at 289,000 thus far on just SMS loot. And, there, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, there's going to be more this week. They are, they are putting some this week, like they're going to stack up a little bit, so I'm told. So um, it, I don't know where we're going to land just because the, the holiday this coming week is messing with my count. I don't know if they're going to do their own 
uh, holiday event store, Baba Joe, or if they're going to do it with loot for this event store, it would make sense that that's what they're going to do. Uh, and if that is the case, then I can absolutely see this thing approaching 450 to 500,000 loot. And, uh, and we'll know more about that as we get through next week. But yeah, loot count, certainly not looking terrible, not looking like it's going to set a record, but definitely in the area of absolutely acceptable. Okay. Yeah, Baba. And I think in addition to the free-to-play count, in addition to the free-to-play count, there has been a pretty sizable amount offered in leaderboards, which is something we haven't had mm-hmm. recently, where, yeah. you know, the leaderboard might offer 10,000 or 20,000 or something. The leaderboards this time, some of them have been absurd. These recent leaderboards I haven't liked. The commander one, couldn't do it. I was all in on the last one. I don't got a commander. No experience, you know. Well, again, I, so, again, leaderboards aren't for everyone. Couldn't do a thing. I, yeah, they were just bad SLBs. I, I know that. SLBs are one thing. I just, I wish they had chosen other ones. I I hear you, okay? But I'm saying that having high payout leaderboards gives players something to want to engage in, which means to put the Scopely hat on, people may want to spend to engage in leaderboards that are worth spending in. And I think that when you put a leaderboard out there that has 10,000 or 15,000 loot at the top prize, people are like, oh, I don't care about this. Yeah. Put a leaderboard out there that has 120,000 loot there. They're like, all right, I'm in. I'm going to mm. try for this, right? Yeah, they're starting to pay attention. So, I, so anyway. Yeah, no, so but that's okay. that's uh, where we are uh, as far as loot count, and um, and we will be able to provide you a little bit more of that uh, a little bit later. I, I'm sorry. I, I will tell you, just kind of, I shouldn't say I'm sorry, but my work schedule has been absolutely crazy this month. Bubba knows about it, and I've been talking to him a little bit. It's just been um, draining, and I haven't had enough time to do a lot of the analytics and stuff that I normally do. Um, And in fairness, Vic, we don't, you know, leaderboards are not sourcing. You can say that, but they they are used as a tool to deliver event store loot. We've always counted... um. When we refer to free-to-play loot, I don't count those solo leaderboards, but it's also probably naive to think that nobody will earn any solo leaderboard loot all month long. Like, you'll get something somewhere, you know? So Right, and and <clears throat> what we've had recently in a couple of the last couple of event stores is because the solo leaderboard loot was so flat and low, the difference in between free-to-play and pay-to-engage was basically non-existent. And so there was no reason to engage in terms of like, maybe you spend the tickets. A lot of people say they save up their tickets for that and that's fine. But there was basically no reason to engage in the events with any sort of effort because the difference in between coasting your way through or not spending anything and, you know, spending whatever you could to try and win some of those leaderboards was never worth their while. So like from a scopely perspective of wanting to get people to engage and spend, whether it be on fleet commander stuff or the building stuff before that, like that's, I mean, they're finally like, all right, players are wanting to engage in this now because they want to spend on this because we've put up a reasonable, valuable reward. And yes, maybe winning it is out of your reach because spenders have the advantage, but maybe 25th isn't. Maybe 50th isn't like maybe, you know, whatever you are going to probably be able to get some available loot, even if you didn't spend anything, because unless you've been spending these resources along the way, I heard lots of people talk about, I haven't levered up my treasury in months, maybe longer than that. Waiting for an event for it. Yeah. 
Yep. So anyway, I, I actually thought that event was pretty cool, except for the missing resource. Yeah. Yeah. Cause oh, which one was it? It was for the, um, the, uh, Q's court. Well, Is I, that what you're I didn't to? expect to see. No, no. I was talking oh. about that. It didn't score the, uh, the new treasury resource for people that are over G that it's the same, it's the same resource, but it's a rare of that resource. And that didn't count. Gotcha. Well, they, um, you know, here's the thing, and, and, and I get that about solo leaderboards, and I, I see what the chat is saying, but I mean, you know, again, we've had this conversation, everybody talks about winning a solo leaderboard, that's never really what a solo leaderboard should be looked at uh, in that way, you still have depth on a leaderboard, and it does still provide some stuff, and, and I find it highly improbable that someone's going to go through the entire month and not get at least one placement somewhere on some leaderboard across all 20 days of the arc. You're going to get some loot to supplement that somewhere. However, that is why we do a free-to-play loot count, and you're already at uh, 300,000, and I haven't even finished my projections yet. My projections, I'll just tell you right now, my projections as of now put me at 440,000, and that is not including... That is not including anything that they do for the holiday event, and I expect there to be more there, okay? Uh, Dragon Keeper says, I have not gotten 300,000 free-to-play. Well, okay, fine. Splitting hairs, 298,000 is what I have called for. As of right now, 298,000 is what has been paid. And that, but actually, that's as of two days ago. So, Dragon Keeper, you should absolutely have 300,000 free-to-play, and if you don't, you've missed something. All right. And uh, Joker says, does that include the Ops 40 event? Um, I know I made an asterisk. Let me make sure I didn't count it. I noted it. It's in my list. Let's see. There was, yeah, you're talking about on December 11th, the Gold Rush 40 plus event, right? All right. In fairness, I do have that included. That was 24,000 loot. And I do have that included in the 298. Uh, so again, this is two days old. So as of Monday, you were at 298. And if you're not ops 40, then you could have taken 24,000 off of that. Dragon Keeper says zero ticketed events. Well, that's on you. I always count one ticketed event and Bubba Joe, they match one of the higher numbers for tickets we've ever seen. Uh, these are 9,000 loot ticket events this month so not 81 or 84 like we've seen or 76 we've seen some of that weird stuff these are 9,000 loot in the ticketed events which do help that value just a little bit there so of course ticketed loot value is a little bit higher if you're looking at doing all the ticketed events plus um you've got the rare ticketed event so now I'll tell you how I've been counting the rare ticketed event Bubba Joe is that I counted one rare ticketed event for the entire month. Okay, that's it. So when we're talking about the completion of nine, this is, I thought this was fair, Bubba Joe. They're giving nine, uh, 90 tickets, right? So if a free-to-play wanted to do one rare ticket a month, then they could if they strategize that properly. So I have counted one out of the three rare ticketed events as free to play. Okay, if anybody has a big problem with that, you can let me know. I'm probably not going to agree with you. All right, <laughs> because you can earn 
one rare event per month if you if completely free to play if you do it that way. Okay? And just as a reminder, how do you get a rare ticket? By doing all nine uh, ticketed events in a weekend. That will grant you one rare. So if you are a true free-to-play who don't buy tickets, then you would want to take everything that Scopely sources you throughout the month, and then on week three is where you would want to spend all nine of those. Okay? Um, If you do all nine of those, then you will get one rare ticket, and that rare ticket uh, is worth 9,000 loot as well. And I've counted one of those free and two of those as paid. All right. Piano Man says, or uh, some people are using those rare tickets they got two years ago. True. Uh, but I'm not counting that either. <laughs> All right. If you got luck, you got luck. All right. So uh, there's that. But as far as event store loot, you know, that's where I'm at right now. We, we will see more. My projections are coming in in the mid fours. I think it's going to be closer to five by the time we get through the holiday. But we'll see. Uh, I'll try to um, I'll try to see if I can get you more more about that as as we can go along. So any other questions, real quick? <coughs> so uh, excuse me. So sorry. <coughs> Voice. Uh, are there any other questions that you guys would have regarding this particular arc? Now uh, here I see this. Uh, you're missing a bunch of SMSs. Actually, not so far. Medic, we're pacing all right. We have had a total of loot-paying events. I'm not going to say SMSs, but a total of loot-paying events. We've already had 62. So if I'm looking at these and breaking down SMSs, uh, and I do have the comp chest in here. I've got a gift chest. I've got the battle pass. Um, But if I went through and looked, let's see, one, five, eight, 12, 14, 20, or 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, 32, 38. So we've had 62 total event paying loot, uh, event paying loot events, and 32 of those have been SMS so far. So that's pretty much on par. That's uh, a 50 50 split. So that's not a bad spot. Are you okay, buddy? What's wrong? What is wrong? Oh, Bubba Joe. Bubba Joe. So one of the reasons that I got a late start today is that Oliver DJ. Oliver's still not doing well? Oliver is not doing well, and I put him to bed, and now he's out here. He walked across the driveway, Bubba Joe, with no shoes and no shirt, and it's 15 degrees outside. Are you all right, buddy? What's wrong? Is your headache still hurting? Oh, God. Bubba, I'm going to have to go take care of this boy. I tried, I tried to do a show. So here's the deal, guys. I delayed the show a little bit tonight because Oliver has a fever. Oliver is sick. And, and I tried to get him down into the bed and get him to sleep before I came out to do the show. And I had a show planned. But if he needs me to go inside, we're going to have to go inside. Because he is not feeling well. Look at that face. Can you guys see that face? That is not a happy baby's face. Are you okay, buddy? No. All right. Well, we'll... Bubba, why don't you, um, why don't you, here's what I wanted to do. You know what? I have an idea. Bubba Joe, are you still in your car? Do you want us to I recap? On my way home. You're on your way home. So here, here's what I'm going to do. Um, Griffin, are you, are you able to help drive here a little bit too? Sure. 
All right, so here's one of the things that I wanted to do, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to throw up a graphic on the screen here in a second, but because uh, I'm going to go inside, I'll, and I'll probably be gone for a few minutes, um, and let me try to take care of him, and then I'll come back out. But I'm going to send you my show notes, Griffin, because one of the things that I wanted to do, uh, one of the things that I wanted to do tonight, and we're, this is going to be an opportunity for us to just dry, uh, dive straight into it, Bubba Joe, were hits and misses. All right, for this year, I wanted to review everything that we had done this year and kind of look back on the content, the quality of life, the the features and the stuff that broke the terrible launches forbidden tech and things like that. So I wanted to look at the entire year and just talk about some of the best and the worst stuff that happened. Now, Karkin had a brilliant idea who also said, hey, I don't (laughs) shocker that the stoner doesn't remember things uh <laughs> love you buddy um it's he, not a stretch it's <laughs> only important if i couldn't remember everything uh it's so much. that's what i got that's storage capability <laughs> so here's what i did bubba joe right before the show earlier today i spent some time and went back through my entire big huge notebook of stuff Griffin, I just sent you uh, my notepad. It's literally notes, guys. Like, I'm not even kidding you. It's a notepad file. Um, I just sent you, Griffin, the highlights of all of the arcs this year, except for January. Bubba, I couldn't find my notes on January. Did you eat them? Oliver, did you eat my notes on January? No. you. Uh, I think we threw it out. We might have thrown it out. I don't know. You were so upset about the December feature. I don't think you did anything for January anyway. <laughs> Maybe not. Did but, we just um, take the month off? Go ahead and take care of him. We'll go through the notes. Put up the uh, your base so we can watch it get rated while you're gone. And then we'll just go right <laughs> Is that what? Okay. I tell you what. Let me. Let me. Oh, okay. Be careful, buddy. Watch out for my wires. I'm going to take you inside right now. Okay. Just give me one more second. Let me get everything off my screen. Um, and so... Griffin, I just sent you my notes. These are the highlights and features of pretty much everything for the year, okay? And why don't you guys just move through the year, month by month, Bubba Joe, you guys talk and, and, and discuss a little bit and see, uh, let's see, there we go, and see how you guys are feeling about um, what happened this year. And, and absolutely, Bubba, of course, I know Bubba's driving car. Can you, you've got stage control. I would love... Griffin, do you have oh, stage that's control? Not good. Griffin, do you have stage control? Right. I think you do, right? I, don't I can come on and off, but I, I don't think I have the ability to pull anyone up. Uh, Griffin, do you have stage control? I'm sorry. I buddy. do not. Oh, God. Okay, hang on. I'm, I'm here. I can do it. Okay, I, because I do Perfect. want to allow some people to kind of come up and give their uh, opinions as well, Bubba Joe, like, you know, maybe go over a couple of months or talk about a feature. I, I really, I would love to hear some of the community. I wanted to make this a community roundtable look back. And uh, so you guys take a look at the features that we've had so this let's, month let's, and talk about some of the great stuff and some of the, the failures and go to the community a little bit too. And I'll be back here in a little so bit, let's, Bubba Joe. Let's, let's go through the list and then we'll start bringing people up say, on stage to talk about their favorites or, or non-favorites. That sounds outstanding. And we will start with as DJ takes care of his little boy, February 2023. Ah, Bubba, the year that was, and how we started off with the, our friends at the Borg. The introduction to the tally, hit or miss? Oh, that's a tough one. Like, the Talios as a ship 
had so many uses. So many people are getting so many uses out of it. And there are people that are like, this helped me get my faction credits and these things, but I I did not like it. But I will I will concede that I am a an edge case of player that was really happy to not have the board loop in their life anything. So well, I think that not only Valley that, they board. just introduced all those exocomps for the old correct. Uh, and correct. then they brought in this new ship. That, that was a pain point. I was like, why did yeah, you do so this if you're going to do this? Exactly. Not only not only the exos, but then the fleet commander, Locutus, right? And he had stuff that was specific to the, the Vidar. So, yeah, I think that the Talios, though, I think there's more positive than negative there. I think players really liked it for the most part. Um, so I think that's probably more hit than miss on the Talios. That's true. However... And the... Also that right. month, we got the expansion cube, right? Or was that the next we, month? We did have the expansion cube and the new Assimilate State joined uh, the game in February 2023 as well. So not just the Talios, but a lot of features Borg-related in that month of February to sort of soften the blow of having to return to the Borg grind. We did see a lot of new content come into the game as a result of that. What were your thoughts on the expansion cube and the Assimilate State features? Yeah, so Expansion Cube is awful. Still is awful. The loot payout is ridiculously bad. Um, I'm sure there are ops levels. There are people in the chat that are going to say, I'm an ops 38 or I'm an ops 42, and it's fantastic for me. I can go ride the coats of the whales, and I can get you know loot for years. But I have to do four, three or four of the largest Expansion Cubes in the game to get one chest refined. No, thank you very much. Expansion Cube is awful. Yes, I agreed. It's very hard to interact with, and it's very hard to get your alliance behind. Everybody had that exocomp they had to pop first before heading up to that space, and that was a real disappointment for most. And the assimilate yeah, and state, boy, what potential assimilate, assimilate state, state had. That, so why don't you offer the assimilate? So I, I, I may have a weird opinion on assimilate. So why don't you? What do you think on assimilate first? I did acquire all the officers. I did get them up to level two. I did have them below decks, and at no time did I ever see them make a a comparative difference onto who I could and could not take out, especially those seven to 10 high levels higher than me as a ops 42 at the time and above. I just didn't get engaged in it because I didn't see a lot of benefit at the time. Yeah. So I think that if you were in a battle and equally, you know, you you're fighting a player and, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes they win, but when the, the, the lose, the winner of that battle has got like, you know, 10% pull left or something like that. If you're in an equally equally balanced battle on a player where it can just really come down to luck of the die roll on critical hits, I think assimilate is enough to put you over the edge to more consistently win that fight, but I don't think it's ever going to make the difference of being able to punch up, you know, multiple levels. But so says, assimilate crew forever lives on in my speed crew Talius PVP ship, which is a good point. Now, I will say that assimilate as an ability is actually okay, but the two officers that came with that were 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 just not useful enough at all. And the fact that of the three officers we got, we got a Borg Queen and she did not trigger assimilate is one of the biggest flavor fails of the year. And there no were others. No doubt about it. No doubt yeah. about it. And the last oh, go ahead, yes. I gotta tell you the 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 assimilate versus non-assimilate it, it's like a penny, right? Like a penny is, is supposed to be a 50-50 flip, but because of the engravings on on the different sides, you know, 
there statistically, and I don't know which side it is, but one is like, you know, forty nine 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 eight or something like that. And and that that little difference is like what assimilate is to me. Like like it, it it's that minutely small. That's my well, and I think well. that and I think that additionally, so we can we can probably talk about this for a lot, but I think that assimilate also is hurt by the fact that it never triggers in round one. And even before we got to Freeman, PvP battles were shrinking as new features were being introduced. And so since it never triggers in round one and the battle might be over in round two or three, maybe not always, but battles were shrinking all this year. And the fact that it never triggers in round one makes finding that effect very difficult. In fact, next to nothing. The last thing I'll say about February, Rand Susi pointed out a few moments ago, is that this was, from a milestone standpoint, one of the first real uh, peaks behind the curtain that Scopely gave us in the year. And that's that the content creating community all were very adamant about how important the Talios was and how important the Vidar was and how we've all hit the Vidar. And, and our friends at Scopely said, wait a minute, 94% of all of our players haven't even maxed the Vidar yet. So I found that to be very interesting as well. Six percenter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that 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 knocked my socks off too because the Talios was such an important ship at the time. Well, moving well, on to March. So let's just oh, let, can we talk about that for just one more second? So sure. The reason was is that players didn't need to. They could reallocate those resources into something else. There was no need to max it. And I'm still not sure there's a reason to max the Talios. And let, of course, you have to be a certain ops level, which a lot of players are not. But, you know, even once you get to that ops level, you may not need to max it because you're like, huh, this doesn't really give me anything maxing it. Now, the Talios gets very big in those last couple of tiers. So I, I'm going to tell people it's worth maxing, but the Vidar wasn't. The Vidar was pretty pretty steady linear growth. So the difference between tier 8 and tier 9 wasn't drastic, and you weren't gaining that much in power. So why would you go through the effort of doing it? And I think that they've started to learn both with the Talios and the Defiant and other ships that have this big uptick at the end to justify those increases in costs. I think that that's something that players are going to have to look at. Do I want to engage in this loop to the end or am I satisfied partway through? Exactly what they did to us with the Mantis. But that was uh, February, Bubba Joe. Now we're moving on to March and Bubba, Putz, Karkin, I don't know about you, but March might be one of my favorite months of the year, if not, because the big feature that came out in March of 23 was the huge time saver, the loop combiner, the screen time killer, which was the freebooters in the X-Borg loop, as well as the mess hall in, in March of 2023. Bubba, wasn't that freebooter um, time saver one of the best things that's ever happened in this game? You want to come to me first on that? So... Um... I think from a player perspective, players love the freebooter. I think from a game design, game balance, uh, making the game better perspective, I think the freebooters were a gigantic miss. Now, is it easier to do your dailies with the freebooters? Absolutely. But you know what else freebooters did? It allowed players to hit levels of ships far beyond what they should be targeting at that level, which hurts gameplay balance and event design and means that they've got to either pull freebooters out or people are going to be able to cheese those events with freebooters. So I think that it's a mixed bag from the players. It's all plus from a game design perspective because they undershot freebooters so badly, they're actually really bad for the game. Wasn't Dominion Space already out at that point? Yes. Yeah. 
You could do the same thing with the Dominion space freebooters. You absolutely, you absolutely cannot. <laughs> I, I can, I can hit fifty-four Dominions just as easily as I can go hit the fifty-five freebooters or whatever. Fifty-four free, you know. Yeah, but you can't. But if you're beating, you're just beating them, right? You're not like like there are players in their forties that can walk into level sixty space of freebooters with the right crew and just and and win right and because they're not defeating them right because they designed the freebooters quite a bit worse than they probably needed to and didn't consider yeah. one of the most important officer releases that they probably weren't thinking about when they designed them in the first place so was that crusher uh no it was not crusher unless you're talking about wesley then it absolutely was wesley crusher <laughs> Never Wesley Crusher. Now I was referring to Pick Bev. I know a lot of people still use her as a sidecar to take on those freebooters. So Pick Bev is absolutely fantastic, but I'm actually talking about Tau. Oh, Tau, right. A reintroduction to the missing Tau. That's the one. We'll Who talk about also, I believe, came out in February. Uh, yes, like that is correct. Like re-released to the community in February. So yeah. Puts, anyway. what were your thoughts on freebooters from from your perspective and your ops level? I got to say that it definitely saved me time in the beginning and I did like them. Um, and, and now it is, to be honest with you, it is the, oh man, I've got seven minutes to get like three quarters of my daily done to, to collect them. Um, I can run into a freebooter system, smack seven around and be done. And that, that has saved me probably a good 30 or 40 times this year on whether or not I collect all my dailies or not. So for that, it, it, it's a godsend. I agree with Bubba. I mean, because this was about the time where they really started uh, heavily weighting and changing the weights and playing around with the weights on the uh, scoring on the heavy hitter SLB. Um, and I don't, I still don't think that they have those right because there's now even, you know, now once we get into Voyager, then the, those hostels are, I don't, they're not messed up. They're just not weighted correctly on the, on that scoring. But um, no, the heavy hitters, I, I tremendously love them. Uh, right now I'm taking it, I'm taking my, my Valdor, uh, T7 into the 53 system, 54 system. And, uh, I can hit 14 before I die. So yeah. Definitely a, a good uh, feature from that standpoint. Karkin, if you're with us, what about the Xborg research tree that they threw in the game? Uh, Anything meaningful there for you that made that a hit? For me, that was a hit. Well, there. Oh, the aside from the whole swarm and things tied in with the actual killing the freebooters. It's yep. yeah, it, almost like a lot of growth and quality of life or uh, like efficiency increases, health increases. But it's the same thing as not making us pay for our upgrades. But we're. It, mm. Yeah, I can see your point there. I, I really liked what happened with the... Like paying uh, for your quality of life improvements, like them putting the prime on the disco that we'll talk about later. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really like the fact that they gave us efficiencies that didn't cost the darn mats that we were trying to be efficient with. What a concept. <laughs> right? So yeah, no, freebooter research is good. I never had a problem with that. It's always been... And I'm to the well, point where I can start buying some of my Borg-charged nanos or the Borg nanites, you know, the to make charged from the Borg store. Yeah, that faction Next store was really fantastic in terms of a catch-up mechanism for many of us who needed extra help with that action loop, the the Stella loop. 
I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. So uh, the last thing that came in was the mess hall. And that was our first iteration of um, a building feature added to the game in 2023. The mess hall is still something that many of us haven't even completely maxed because it requires leveling up officers that we know that we're never going to use. Do you guys consider the mess hall at its core to be a hit or a miss? I love my mess hall. Do you? I love that I almost have a sh uh, building at 69. <laughs> and you'll and there it so shall close. stay in perpetuity right <laughs> well, I'm, i might not be able to get any officers past it like another level up past them there's i'm at my point and i'm just keep pushing on i got like like you said i'm leveling up officers that should never have been leveled in the first place just out of cost expediency you know like some of those old common ones or new common ones like the tng crew i didn't think i was ever gonna level those commons to max like yeah, i, I had with the initial guys if you have a Max Saru, then you love your mess hall. <laughs> Basically, but Spectre says uh, mess hall is both a hit and a miss. I agree with that. Wolfwood likes it. Gives it a hit. Joker gives it a hit. A lot of hits in chat about the mess hall. And and that might be because of the weapon damage bonus. I see that uh, Grungandola has a 532% weapon damage bonus at a level 77 on the mess it hall. It causes a lot of new is. research to be quite diluted when you're talking about officer increases or of the like because yeah. of how well it you know how much it does give so there's definitely a dilution that you got to think about coming moving forward with all new researches like some of the yeah, stuff that, that they're yeah. giving us in the borg cube research and it's like 20 percent doesn't move the needle much anymore yeah exactly right, a lot of diminishing returns right yeah with with the with the being in the hundreds of percent on your on your officer stats like oh i got four percent from this re research okay great like yeah, I'm only doing those if they spend mats and I'm spending them for, you know, to on a weekend, you know? Yeah, Mimi here says the mess hall has four bonuses and all four are strong and relevant. It would be very difficult to disagree with that point based on what you see, especially as you get above tier or level 60. It really does change the game. Moving on to April of 2023 from my favorite month to maybe my worst month based on the epic for me disappointment of the main feature yes we, we got to stop here and i have to i have to reiterate that march no matter what is an epic 1000 percent fail because of my Ooh. darn treasury. My because treasury, you're darn what my treasury my treasury never populated they never fixed it and i went another three months until i unlocked hue because i couldn't get the 20 shards of hue and i was 19 away from unlocking so oh, no boy you're holding on to that you got to let that go man all things nope. nope nope it's an epic it will be the worst month there was no compensation given to any of the affected nope, nope not at hey, all the compensation for it was better than the compensation that i got for the mantis which was also absolutely nothing but that's the a story for another time Ooh, we can hold on to our like things, i missed something you know? spicy what was what was that Oh, we were just talking about uh, uh, March and how great March was. And before we moved on to April, uh, Putz uh, reminded us of what happened to his uh, treasury in March and how he was locked out of his treasury and did not get his hue unlocked as a result of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the great treasury debacle of March 2023. Bubba, we're moving on to April, which I said went from one of my favorite months to my least favorite based on the, the ship feature that was introduced in April, which was the Titan a Abajo, the titan a hit or miss and why 
That is a good question. Right away, a hit because it's a Titan A. It's Canadian. A. Hey. Um. Hey. Can I? Can I? Can I be in the middle on the Titan A? You, you can because there are different uh, components of the ship that that make up the sum of the whole. Do you want to break that down for the yeah? New so the Titan A uh, is a support ship, right? So it's only going to be uh, valuable based on similar to the Cerritos, the research that you do. So as a ship as itself. Unlike the Talios or the Defiant, it really has almost no combat capability. Um, so it had the ability to do two different types of boosts, which I think fell really flat. Like, the one that you really want to do costs an arm and a leg, and the other one doesn't hardly do much at all. And I think that, like, they made this distinction, and it wasn't really necessary. Like, a support ship that has these modes and is difficult to give you know because i mean when it launched it was really bad as far as which ships it was giving the boost to um so yeah no i i think that there's now i will say the only good thing was the group aspect without the titan a so many sorry karkin without the titan a um there's some features that they've introduced that would have been very difficult to complete because it actually introduced shield recycling that worked unlike the mm-hmm. Cerritos that has the ability, but doesn't ever work. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a plus. Cause that's something that people have wanted and been trying to get for a while. Um, but I think that there's a lot about the Titan a that just like it's execution and usefulness. It, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very low on that, but I think that what it can give you once you've gone through the loop enough times, um, uh, and the fact that to trigger the daily, all you had to do was use it. Um, but when, if you did the daily, then you weren't saving up for the usefulness of the Titan A. So it was kind of a, a again, it was a catch-22. If I want to use the Titan A, I have to give up daily capabilities of it. And that never felt good. So I'm and, very and I, mid on the Titan A. I kept that ship in dock for so many people, and it would be trotted out once or twice a week. How many times on stream have, have we watched DJs just trot it out for a second? to pop that max um, feature and then bring it right into the hangar. But now that we're six months removed from its release, Bubba, Putz, Karkin, and many of us have the chance to op, uh, opset up to a tier seven, eight, nine. Is that now a more useful ship and a bigger part of the repertoire, or is it still just a daily dud? I will tell well, you this. I will tell you this. I can sum up the Titan for me in maybe one or two sentences. It didn't get unlocked until late November, and it's only a T2. There you go. But yeah, Steve, that's there the thing. That that tearing it up doesn't really give you enough of anything. Not at all. Really just more time with it active, right? Uh, more ships. The higher the level, the longer it goes. More ships and changes the refinery. More ships. Like... Is the time always the same, or is it just more ships that you're getting? I think there are efficiencies for both. I think there's an efficiency for that. Would you say, Bubba Joe, if formatas, formation armadas were a bigger part of our daily and weekly game, that the Titan would be more important? Um, Well, I think that's, I think you're asking the wrong question. I think the question is, if formation armadas were a bigger part of our daily game and they were more difficult than maybe, but they're not. Ne- it's not necessary for them now, right? 
Yeah, fair and the point. ships that are getting the boost from the Titan A are the ships that probably aren't struggling with that. I mean, is there a case to be made that if you took a bunch of mid-tier, mid-40s players and they got the boost and that gave this group of lower-level players enough to go over the top, then, then sure. But um, when you have 50s or 60s and, and 40s and 30s all coming to the same formation armada and the ones that get the boost are the highest level players that probably don't need it like that it, again it's 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 a support ship that in a group setting has it's it's doing the wrong support it's not doing what you want it to do and then the stuff that they put in there for anti mantis was a complete miss like yeah that was a huge miss yeah yeah so uh now papa's first puts in the chat is 100% correct finally rare skill point sourcing 100% agree that is fantastic. We absolutely needed that. And that's why people wanted to do the dailies, right? They were forced to want to do the dailies to get the rare skill points, which meant that they weren't able to actually use the ship in a meaningful way. Exactly. Bubba, and but uh, I got a question. Would you say that barring the Voyager, it, as long as you had a, a properly crewed ship that could get to the system for a formation armada that if you filled it up, filled all three legs with, with four ships properly crewed, that that would be enough. Like, like yes. it, it, yeah. If that, your that, combat ships could reach the formation armada, you were able to defeat the formation armada without boosts. That, yeah, exactly. That that's where I was thinking too. And we are about to move into our commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, but one more thing that was released in April before we do so that we uh, definitely should discuss is the addition of the Fleet Commander 7 of 9 to the game. She had a promising ability to boost uh, many of our solo armadas and a number of other things. Bubba Joe, uh, were you excited for uh, what 7 of 9 brought into the game? Did she ever find her way into a Fleet Commander slot for you, or was she a miss? I was so excited to get seven of nines skill point efficiency. And then I saw the cost they put on her and she was a complete miss. In fact, the only skill points I've spent on seven of nine are her always on abilities. I have invested zero other skill points into her. She was such a miss. And a disappointing one at that too, because a lot of the features that sound good, but boy, the costs associated were not great putts. Karkin, any thoughts on seven of nine before we take our break? And seven of nine commander? Who's that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Say, well, there you go. <laughs> seven of who? For free to play, say 99.9% .9 of us still haven't gotten to fleet commander level or uh, level 40 uh, for our command center. So we can't house even a second one. So what? what's a third or a fourth or, you know, who cares at this point? Recently got my Spock. That's about it. Well, and, and the free to play sourcing for. And the free-to-play sourcing for Seven of Nine is basically just the Borg event and uh, incursions, right? So you which would have is, had to go hyper-focused on just Seven of Nine to get her unlocked. Yeah, which is exactly. perfectly fine because we only have two fleet or one fleet commander slot. You know, maybe by March we'll have the second one. You never know. And uh, overwhelmingly in the chat, I'm seeing nothing but. Um, the same sentiments of people either not having her unlocked or barely just getting her because of the lack of sourcing. So note taken, hopefully, as we move on, Scopely has certainly re-strategized how they unlock their fleet commanders as we see now this month. We need to take our break. 
But on the other end, we'll be back with our May and beyond look at the Delta Quadrant, the Voyager crew, Carol Freeman, Lower Decks, and everything as we move on to the rest of 2023. For Bubba Joe and the panel, this is Griffin filling in for Ultimate DJs, who will be back shortly. And we'll be back in just a moment after this break. Stick around, everybody. Yo, what's up, Commanders? Great news about PvPTarget.com. You've known for a while that it exists and has some great reference tools regarding PvP banding and common crew loadouts, but they've recently launched brand new tools on the site, including a brand new cargo calculator page as well. This isn't your typical max cargo style calculator, but a brand new, unique tool that identifies the timer until you go over cargo. The game timer might tell you how long to zero the node, but how long until your miner is at risk? You can find out now by using the brand spanking new cargo calculator at pvptarget.com. Today's show brought to you in part by the Musgrove Trial Firm in Georgia. Have you suffered personal injury in Georgia? You need a buddy. Give Buddy at the Musgrove Trial Firm a call. 678-226-1994. Visit them online at musgrovetrialfirm.com. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Strolling Hostess Twinkies. Cute little cupcakes you can pick up on street corners everywhere. Hey, Greg, you want to help me read a few of these letters to Santa? Where's Santa anyways? Let me guess, watching Taylor Swift videos on YouTube again? And I thought Travis Kelsey was America's number one Swifty. Seriously, the big guy's getting borderline stalkerish. I just hope Rudolph can guide him away from her house this year. Here's a card from Britney Spears. It just has a link to an Instagram video of her dancing around in her underwear. Throw that away before Mrs. Claus sees it. Oh, here's one from Hunter Biden. He's asking for a white Christmas. I don't think Santa brings the white Christmas he's looking for. Check out this one from Donald Trump. What's he want? Nothing. All he said was Santa's a big loser, quite possibly the biggest loser I've ever seen. Ouch. No spray tan gift card for him this year. (laughs) And now we present The Night Before Christmas by President Joe Biden. Twas the night before Christmas when in the West Wing, They found more white powder, said it's from my offspring. But Hunter is innocent, he didn't get high, and he didn't give 10% to the big guy. There's children all playing who don't have a care until I walk by and start sniffing their hair. Now Dr. Jill, who's my wife and my very best friend, keeps me stocked really well with vitamins and depends. When I have an accident back there, it's an immediate matter especially at conferences when everyone scatters. Away from the stage, I move like a slug, then trip and fall over just like a big lug. When I trip, the Secret Service are always right there to attempt to catch me when I fall up the stairs. And as I keep stumbling and bumbling around, you know I'm close by because you'll hear this sound. I'm a pretty old man who's sleepy and tired, I bet by next year I'll be hearing You're fired Merry Easter, America Oh, the driving outside is scary This time of year it gets so hairy Hope my car won't need a tow Please don't snow, please don't snow, please don't snow Now I'm gonna get stuck with in-laws Need to drink a pack of White Claws Hope this weather will let me go Please don't snow, please don't snow, please don't snow. Want to finally hit the road. How I love getting back to my bed. But now the traffic's jammed and slow. All the way home filled with dread. This winter storm is now a big thing. 
And this month makes me long for the spring. I just hate this cold weather so. Please don't snow, please don't snow, please don't snow. podcast of Star My name is Griffin Pillinen from the DJ into the segment and welcoming back to the stage our wonderful panels, Bub Joe, Steven Zaren, Putz, Karkin. We are here doing a year-end recap of 2023, the year that was. We laughed, we cried, we spent money, or mot if we're free to play, and we are now in the month of May and all of the amazing things which took place. Thanks, Bub Joe, to my favorite franchise, finally entering the game after four and a half long years. That being, of course, Star Trek Voyager and the best captain of all time, clearly Captain Catherine Janeway making her way into the game. I was indeed right with uh, the addition versus the multiplication cascade damage feature. And boy, what a change the month of uh, May was to this game. Bubba Joe, do you remember uh, uh, Janeway entering the game and this concept of cascade damage and, and how that completely changed our mindset on the future of the game? Yes, I do. That was, uh, it was not just Janeway though, right? So this was the beginning of all isolytic damage, correct? Yes, it was. And so this net multiplier of, you know, of isolytic damage being on top of all your other bonuses, absolutely like this, this game altering ability that is still having far reaching ramifications today. Callbacks to it even uh, last month with Data and his bridge ability and cascade damage and the like, uh, definitely changing how we strategize and how we bridge crew our officers. Not necessarily in PvP, obviously. We all know what we're doing there, but in PvE and our different PvE crews. Um, the Delta Quadrant. Was that a hit or a miss? Did, did, did we all like the way that they unveiled it one section at a time and had the rest under this giant fog and cloud and not knowing what was coming next. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't participate I, in I that being what I did in Voyager aspect. for months after. So no, I, it was all open by the time I got up there. Oh, really? Well, the Voyager sourcing, we kind of went, we took a step back from what we saw at the beginning of the year at the Talios. And there was of course a pay to unlock early feature, but the Voyager was unlockable by, by the second month. Was it not? I recall I there being a, so. wasn't there, no. a, wasn't there a 100 day? It's a 100 day cycle, wasn't yeah. it? One well, day. It, yeah, it was 90, 92 days, I think is, is where I landed at. But yeah, it was a three month from the, from the start of that month. Yep. But with, but with, um, 
the month of May, that intro to the Delta Quadrant, we saw a lot of artifacts added and the advent of the formation armadas, the uncommon version. The rare would, of course, come later, but the way formation armadas changed the game and allowed for 12 players to participate essentially in one armada instead of six or seven and the ability to run for multiple alliances instead of only your own alliance was a feature scopely really seemed very proud of and excited to release into the game i kind of have mixed feelings on formation armadas as a whole in terms of what they offered for sourcing but challenges that they brought along in terms of coordination was formation armadas a hit or a miss in 2023? Uh, are we talking in general or specifically to this month? Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about it in general. We're here in December, and we have a good look back now of seven months. So, what are your thoughts as we sit here today? So, I think that formation armadas were. Uh, I think the idea of formation armadas is good. I think that the coordination required within the game, uh, which is already coming out in, in the latest feature, which we, I think, universally love, uh, is mm -hmm. difficult, right? You're going back and forth. Do I have the right amount of power here versus there? If you're trying to do this, uh, if, if you, even though they allowed the freedom of doing it with other alliances, like maybe we do two nodes and you do one, now you are trying to coordinate that across another alliance and it's just like this is it is not easy now the 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 converse to that is if you have enough players that are a high enough level doesn't matter they weren't difficult that no point where formation armada is difficult so um i i didn't love the directive sourcing although i don't think that it's bad um I think they should have given us a few more uh, early on to kind of really play with it. But again, I think that's something. And that to make you feel comfortable to do them. Huh? With all the events that they did for them, with the amount of little sourcing, you had to save your stuff to do it during an event. And that's the mindset that's grown. Like, Correct. if there's no event, we're not doing formation armadas. Now, if they, if they source them, them being the directives to run formation armadas, the way they sourced waves this month, and the ability to run waves, I think all of us would have been so much happier. And I think that Scopely may have taken that note from formations. And perhaps that's one of the reasons why they were so generous with allowing us to start waves. But of course, with formation armadas came the sourcing to the artifacts as well, right, Bubba Joe? Correct. And I, you know, our, the artifacts are, you know, they were a very welcome, positive addition to the game. Um, I think that I think that there are few people that have um through engagement only been able to max the artifacts. I think it is something that has uh that people have been able to uh focus in on an artifact that they wanted at the expense of others or just kind of broadly get as many as they want. Um I think that that's uh I think that that's actually a really positive change to the game is the is the artifacts and I think that the sourcing from the formation armadas of artifacts was good. And I think that you're right. I think that uh I the fact that the 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 starts are 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 a little bit more restrictive. I think that players are definitely I'm seeing a lot in the chat that they're very upset with that. But I think that the rewards you got from them are 
unparalleled better for a group activity. Like there's nothing else in the game as a group activity that gives you better rewards. I agree completely. And Orsus makes a fantastic point, which is no event equals no formata being run. And that's our default mentality. And many people agree with that, that standpoint. I would love a 10th of the wave events that we see this month to occur and more events like encouraging the running of formation armadas to be added into the game. There's such a balance that could be met there and the scales are definitely tipped, but the artifacts are a big hit for, for me. And I, I've not heard anybody complete uh, complain about the artifacts themselves and what they bring to the game as being a negative. So that was May, the Delta quadrant artifacts formation armadas. Uh, let's move on to June Voyager part two. And this was the advent of isolytic artifacts well let's not forget about the officers that came out with voyager like them alone oh. like with Bolana, the aspect there and that's true. and like that all the underdeck guys for the new right. to, for the was yeah, it janeway and blt was made were, were they not i believe that's how we started i believe that's correct and I mean, who's going to say that BLT is a miss? Who's going to say that Janeway's a miss? I think those were two of the best officers to be added into the game this whole year, in my opinion. Laura aside. Uh, I think Wolfwood might be right. Janeway might, might not have been month. Oh, no. Janeway was not month one. She was month I two. The doctor started the second one. month. Yes, that's right. The doctor was month one. And he was a welcome addition, too. Uh, absolutely. Doctor was... I mean... I I kind of wanted the doctor to be in comparison to what we have in the game. The doctor felt very mid, but I mean, extra loot sourcing is extra loot sourcing and it's not targeted loot. Like, you know, only rep or only parts. So um, it's hard to complain about that, but the sourcing for the doctor was definitely um, and is definitely a, a problem area. So I think that that's uh, a continuing problem, but as far as his abilities, doctor's fantastic. That's yeah, right. As is as is uh, Bolana. I was going to exactly. say that That's... you can't really even. It's really hard to even take this month by month when you look at these officers. I think you have to look at Voyager's officers as a whole group and say that none of them missed the mark. They are all relevant officers for the entirety of all of them. Uh, none of them stink, um, and they're all very Except useful. For the whole like, Neelix not being the morale officer. That was well, a big, I mean, besides what narrative, right? The narrative, but I can't think of another group of officers that are 100% hits. Usable from top to bottom, and the way that they they did the the three below deck abilities month over month were fantastic. As was the sourcing. Now, it was said in the chat that the doctor was the first full unlockable in the game. That's not exactly the case, but I think he might have been the second. Um, Bubba Joe would know better than that. But as far as the sourcing initially goes in their, in their introductory months and what the changes were as it pertained to the solo leaderboards and the solo milestones that matched, I mean, was that was a huge hit for me. What do you guys think about the sourcing of the Doctor and BLT? Initially, very solid. Yeah, to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I thought the sourcing initially for all of them were very good. Um, I would like to see their continuing sourcing to be a little bit better. Uh, it, doesn't it, it, roll around with the problem of the formation sourcing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, that, that up. It, maybe we're running more rares doing those pulls that are more common. 
Right. And again, I'm, I'm comparing the after arc uh, sourcing. Uh, the best, I think, is Bajoran. Um, and it, it doesn't live up to that. So, I mean, if, if, if I had to critique anything would be turn up the sourcing a little bit. That's right. Graduate points out, and I tried to make that point a moment ago. I'm sorry if I wasn't clear. The the pro stark sourcing, as we sit here today, not great. That's a zero out of ten, I think, on anybody's book. However, the introductory month sourcing, which was what I was asking about, I thought was fantastic. If solo leaderboards were their monetary vehicle to drive spending, then what they did with the solo milestones that accompanied the leaderboards, beginning with the doctor, which made him a full unlock. I mean, that got me excited. That got me motivated. That that paired with the ability of all of these officers definitely caused me to open my pocketbook more than I normally would to participate. And so for that reason, I would give sourcing a hit on the intro, on the intro months of all of these Voyager officers. Where we sit today, terrible. But in the beginning, I thought it was great. Um, moving on to June, Voyager Bar 2 now. That was the isolated damage. That was Janeway. That was the isolytic artifacts. Bubba, when we saw how isolytic artifacts changed uh, strategy, I mean, at first, to me, that was a very compelling feature because it gave me something new to think about. From your ops level, what did you think of the introduction to isolytic artifacts and iso damage? Uh, well, um, I mean, isolytic artifacts and isolytic damage is absolutely a game changer. Helped in PvE. Um, and there was a little bit early on in PvP. Um, you know, we've talked about how, you know, oh, 500% to damage is pretty worthless because it is. And, uh, but, you know, 5% isolytic boost, that's 5%, 10%, you know, like whatever that percentage was, was a net multiplier on top of criticals and hole breach and all this other stuff. And, made a very noticeable difference in terms of your capability because you're not just firing one shot around. You're firing seven shots in a round. Well, that's almost cutting an entire weapon out if you had 10%. Like, if you had 15%, you're cutting an entire weapon shot out of the need to blow up this ship. And so it made a pretty significant difference across the board for a lot of people. And when it was determined that the increase was, in fact, a net gain and not a multiplicative... I mean, that just made it all go from good to great, did it not? Yes, absolutely. And I wish more were, in fact, that way. Um, in the month of June, we saw the introduction of Chakotay. It was the second epic. No, am I? No, that was Janeway's part two. That's right. I think that's it for the month of June. Isolated Damage, Isolated Artifacts, and Voyager part two. Moving on to July, that was Voyager part three, and that... Was that was July in fact your miss low light horrible month of the year award, Bubba? We are talking about forbidden tech. We're talking about huge trials. Has there ever been more civil unrest in the game than when we saw how Q's trials and that mechanic trotted out? Oh God, probably not. That was universally disliked, I think. I think there were very few people that looked at that and said, Yep, that's where I want to be. The fact that you had to invest in the possibility of pulling a slot machine and getting something for your dollar or not was certainly a hard pass and something that really put the brakes on, I think, the level of excitement for what ultimately has become a good feature. Now, if as it sits today, 
huge trials existed in its first month. Would that have turned it into a win for you, Bubba Joe? Did they take too long to figure it out? Are you now okay and happy with where we sit with Q's trials? Um, no, uh, but I am okay with where we sit in Forbidden Tech. Now, not for free to play. Um, they don't have access to the key component that makes Forbidden Tech better. Uh, Q's trials uh, now... I think are still problematic and I don't think they've gotten better. Forbidden tech has actually, uh, and actually a, a useful and engaging feature. If you have invested in the ones that source the tear up catalysts, but huge trials are so much easier to run now that we have the, uh, the ability to get more bells in our game through a number of sources. So isn't that in itself a little better? Um, I haven't seen the ability to get bells. Like I know that they're available from the whip, but I pulled them, I think once since I got the whip. So I think that there are some bell sourcing, but I don't think it's very many. I got to tell you, um, the, the two combined Q and forbidden tech for me, uh, you know, are like, vegetables when i was a little kid right you had to eat them there for the month where you were doing them and it was such a bad taste in my mouth that like i haven't really even done much of anything with any of that since since those months i mean because q's trials were boring um they the, the the payout was garbage uh the the everything was slow and and it was just such a bad taste and i know that they've changed the percentages and all of that I still don't engage really in the feature at all. It, it, it still is, you know, the vegetables I had to eat as a kid that I don't like as an adult now. I guess that makes sense. And the fact that we did get pretty good sourcing on the Metron Cascade Warhead in the beginning, I think was, you know, maybe a little bit of an olive branch, but just not enough to get a lot of people engaged. So Putz, you're saying even to this day, Forbidden Tech is the miss for you. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I've got, I mean, my, my Q building, I think, is at, like, 12 or 13, and I, more often than not, I don't do them every day. Um, I I don't, it, which means that I don't have the stuff I need for my Forbidden Tech, so that just, you know, piles up slowly, and then once a month when we have an event, I try to spend enough to get in the top 25, and that's it. I kind of agree with Spectre, who writes... They really need to loosen the reins on Forbidden Tech. I don't think that the feature itself is that exciting. I think there's a lot of really fun stuff in there. It's just so hard to engage with based on the mentality of saving everything for once a month, maybe get an event, which is probably not in the event calendar. And then, you know, just overall, all of the components being so difficult to source in terms of the upgrading. Um, Karkin, if, if you're out there, if, if it were easier to access the ability to upgrade and tear up these forbidden tech i'm always out there thank you keep going would you Sorry. would you would you call it a would you call it a hit if it were just way easier to engage with this mechanic or is it just a boring feature to you regardless well it was limiting we had a few things that we could slowly get i do recall initially when we were first unlocking this there there was complications you could over purchase some of the things that was problematic if you bought too many of one of the common things accidentally then you didn't get to buy the other one that they had to fix that up yeah, that was um, but as far as actually more sourcing for stuff, like like Bubba just says, all the good ones are stuff behind paywalls. So we're kind of just you know taking what we can get and working with 
I'm at the point now that I'm finally working just on like the Metreon Cascade and it's uh I failed a 99.86 and I wasn't no, you happy didn't. about it. Stop I did. It. 100% no. I did. 99.86 failed. 7000 hey, materials. Hey, that is that is only about uh, 100,000 times more lucky than Bubba. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bubba Joe. And like like failing five times in a row, rage, rage, rage quitting the whole feature for a couple of weeks, as I recall. That was uh, yes. difficult to hear, but very compelling and engaging radio all at the same time. So, Bubba, we we all want to thank you for the entertainment in that because it was we felt the pain. Right. Let's see. We are in August of 2023 now, and we are into Voyager Part Four, the Station Tree expansion. And the rare formation armadas finally making their way into the game after months of only having the uncommons to go after. Now, the rare formation armadas seem like more of the same, except for how amazingly awesome they are for the one great component, in my view, of unlocking some pretty cool artifacts. Bubba Joe, rare formation armadas, was that just a repeat? and repeat for you on the uncommons or do they bring something new and compelling into the game well um, i mean That's sourcing, the sourcing, the isolated is, isn't yeah. sourcing the isolated artifacts is absolutely uh important and useful but uh the sourcing for the directives was pretty scarce indeed it required um daily participation to the extreme in order to get going on that although as i recall they're a little bit more generous with um launch day gifting of directives than they were with the uncommons were they not am i making that up i don't recall that either either i'm making that up or <laughs> or i probably bought a pack because i was so sick of not being able to participate in the uncommons that i got uh i got the ball rolling with a little spend on the rare because i was excited about what you could uh what you could grab. What about the station tree expansion? That's what do you remember about the station tree expansion and how that affected your game? Would you give that a hit or a miss? I, I do believe most of the station tree expansion. Wasn't that like above ops 50? Exactly. So from your standpoint, that was a big pass on that, right? I don't, I haven't been, I ha I'll tell you next year when I might be there. <laughs> then that's the thing <laughs> making content for, um, the, the higher level players is awesome because, you know, we do and at times we all play the same game, but we live in very different spaces. So not only do the free to play need the content, but the higher end ops 50 plus needed the content as well, especially, uh, the year long tease of G six. And when that was coming out, man, I mean, uh, but Joe, from your standpoint, were you relieved to finally see something at your level that you could engage with and be happy about, or was that, um, not compelling enough to wake you up in the morning? Um, so there is some usefulness to what's in that expansion tree, but it is so slow and really no way to accelerate. And so not a fan, um, like the first few nodes were okay. There are some things a little bit further in, but it is so painfully slow, even with the maximum efficiencies, um, that research gets very expensive very quickly. I am, I am anti station tree expansion. Oh, very, very anti. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to collect 
the garbage pail kids, but if you have to open 23,000 wrappers and chew on all that stale gum just to get murder Mary, at some point you lose interest. I think that's what's probably going on with the station expansion tree. I mean, if you're under Ops 50 and you go into station research and you scroll all the way to the right and you're looking at, it looks like 60 nodes that are all locked. At, at what point does it become you know, prohibitive to even look at or get excited about versus I almost wish they just put that icon that said, you know, uh, ops unlock to see more because seeing all of these uh, station researchers to unlock and how much they're going to cost. I don't know if that's the motivator or cost prohibitive. Good point. Well, I'm not sure that people can actually see it. Oh, do you have to be ops 50 to get there? If you're 49, you don't see it all. Well, that would be smarter. Because let me tell you, sitting at Ops 50, I see a whole lot of stuff in front of me, and I'm not excited to spend on it as I click and see what it does. Yeah, my so, tree just says so, unlock to see more or something, whatever okay, that last well, that, Yeah, that's smarter. Grungandola put a unlocked screenshot in the screen, and we can always dump that into the graphics room for you listening um, later on to see what's up there. But, um, yeah, it's very expensive. So, Jules, um, so you... you you you've not been limited by the special currency. I'm curious about that. Um, so like, I mean, my research, I mean, is quite a bit further along than Grungendola's, and there's a lot more that I'd like to be able to do and just don't have the particles for like the stuff I'm trying to do still requires, you know, many, many, you know, six, seven, 8,000 particles, which is multiple weeks of not of saving. So, oh. I'm not sure what you're doing differently than me to get these particles since it's a fixed amount. For the lower level players, Bubba, how many particles are you unlocking and what is your process to do that? Uh, well, it's a daily drip. Uh, at least it was until G6 launched and then they forgot to put it in G6. Well, perfect. Um, and so it, we, we took uh, the better part of a month off. I think they did give us some token amount to try and make up for it, but it was it was bad. Uh, it did not cover the uh, the the cost. Um, let me see. Um, let me see if I can find how much I get a day. Is it here? Oh, I can't look at my chests. I claim them. Is it in the third? Can someone tell me? I I don't think it changed. Here we go. Uh, the daily. So you get somewhere between four hundred and seven hundred and ninety, depending on. Your ops level. And we're um, talking thousands to go from one level to the next on one of these things. Yes. With okay. maximum well, efficiency, you need over a million particles for the tree. Um, so. Total cost 1,202,680. And we're getting 790 day if you're on op 60. So. Yep. Okay. Well, sounds like something that can be built in. Where's the, where's the freebooters at? Freebooters. Get these in uh, in the pack, please. And that is the month that was in August. September. August was Lower Decks Part 1. We didn't talk about the Lower Decks officers. I'm sorry they're not in this list. Um, uh, is that better left forgotten? They, Bubba, they must wanna... have not been very relevant or something. Yeah, so it's not as though they changed the game in any way, shape, or form or or anything that, uh, that we want to think about or remember. We're, of course, <laughs> referring to the game-breaking PvP mechanic and the introduction of those new officers. To this day, uh, we're still recovering from. Uh, Bubba Joe, is your PvP game ever going to recover, or are we just stuck where we are now, as compared to, say, where you were in June? Um, 
Well, it has not changed since where we were um, in um, whatever month that was that Lower Decks came out, but it had... It uh, August was the last month without them, yeah. Okay, so... Um, September. So, yeah, so August, uh, things changed since August, Yeah, uh, but they have not changed much since September. Introduction of Carol Freeman. You love her, you hate her. We know for one thing's for sure, she is not the problem with the game. She is just part of the part of the cannon fodder. Carol Carol Freeman, of course, changing our PvP mechanic forever. With the Lower Deck Strike team also coming into the game. And in the month of September, Bubba Joe, we saw the cowboy hat system, the Texas class hostels, and the new Monavine spicy pickle. So a lot, a lot was introduced into the game in the month of September, overshadowed, of course, by what we saw in PvP. So we can all definitely give that a miss. Nobody's going to say that's a hit, right? But what about the Monavine? What did you think about that, Bubba Joe? And what it does for you in terms of resource procurement? Um, so I think the Monavine was more positive than not. Um, I think Spectre is right. Motivine in G5 is almost a requirement. Um, mm. Now, Motivine is limited, right? It's not for everyone, correct? I Box literally just unlocked eight. mine today. Oh, nice. What level, Karkin? What level is my Motivine? Yeah, no, what level do you need? Oh, you just unlocked it because of the daily drip to get it. I see what you mean. Yeah. The weekly drip. Yeah, the weekly drip. Hey, at least yeah, you can pull up three times or something, right? I mean, that, that's not too bad. Yeah, and I will get mine next week. Congratulations on your spicy pickle procurement, ladies and gentlemen. I hit the applause button, but I don't have that looked up. I'll have to imagine there's applause yeah! for the green, mean, lean. There it is. All right. As it pertains to sourcing, man, that thing was a game changer in terms of resources. We're all happy with that. What about the Texas class mechanic in this weird, if you hit these things, you drop your shield, and we fixed... Um, um, you know, the, the, the daily, uh, XP grind by allowing these, um, these hostels to hit us AFK. I kind of like that actually, cause at least it was something different. So I would, I would give that kind of a hit, uh, panel, Bubba Joe, what do you think about that? Um, I don't hate it, but I also, I haven't had to hit any of those hostels since the launch month. So ship out there don't engage things happen while you're gone i mean in this type of a game there's not necessarily anything wrong with advancement while you're afk but um i mean i i agree sanguine i think that shield being dropped was a good idea that just wasn't great in in the real world i not only we don't have 50 yeah go ahead my only problem is that people's um uh spicy pickles have too much protected cargo I think I think if you're going to auto grind, you should also have almost zero protected cargo so that uh, it is a roll of the dice on whether or not you get picked off. Because so I like how do you how do you do that when there there's no way to tell if someone is auto grinding or act like how do you no, no, make no. their protected cargo dependent on whether they're moving their ship or not? Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying in general, I would like that ship to have very low protected cargo. I'm not saying make it a make it an active feature. I, I'm just upset that that very rarely do I find one that has OPC that I can steal. 
Roger McKinnon agrees and said that's not a bad idea at all. And you know what? I think that would make it a little bit more fun to cruise around in there because all you have to do is one giant circle around the outer perimeter and you'd hit around 50 ships by the time you're done going through three or four systems. That might be uh, a, a good piece of feedback to get back up there to scopes to make it a little bit more engaging because Bubba Joe's right. This is not an engaging feature in any way. It's compelling in the rewards that you can unlock. So if you're still working on your spicy pickle, I mean, nobody's going to tell you not to get one. But does it really add the entertainment value to the game that we're looking for? I don't know. So I see a lot of hits and a lot of misses in the chat. But that was Monavine, the Texas class. Of course, Carol Freeman in September. Lord X um, concludes Were there in any October. stopping points for the pickle as it's going up? Like the spots where you should yes. hold and not level? Or is it just a... Go oh no! The, the pickle you go as far as you. I mean, it's just there's no nothing refines. Don't get stupid. You know, nothing like base stopping points where you yes, should hold back. Yes, the refines can get a little challenging, but I think you're mostly going to be limited by uh, ops for that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the Voyager, you can be at a lower ops. Uh, for example, like I'm Ops 44, and I can, I, I've gotten my Voyager up to a point where I still can't get to the higher systems uh, that I need to, and I'm having to kill like, I don't know, like a hundred uh, bio ships or something for a that for the warp research has locked you right. Yeah, You're stuck yeah. Behind I, the Ops I, research I, log. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So that post in chat uh, the answer to our question via a well-crafted spreadsheet, which we'll put in the graphics room for those of you listening to the podcast on tape delay, for lack of a better term, in 2023. Um, and it is a compelling feature. There's a lot, a lot of good things to say about the Motivine. Certainly, more. It's we're we're better off having had it, and that's why I say it's a, it's a hit. Do you guys agree it's a hit? Yes, overall hit. October 2023, Lower Decks, Part 2, B5 Armadas. I just want to say thank you, Bubba Joe, if you're a part of the people who smack some sense into the crew right after they uh, launched and fixed the problem with the starter chest on the G5. Anybody involved in getting us the loot that we now have on the G5 starter chest, that reason alone makes B5 Armadas a hit to me. Um, Bubba Joe, I know that you're somebody that your alliance would count on to kill these things. What about Karkin? What about Putz? What do you guys think about G5 Armadas? Are you climbing up there to start these for the whales and get that awesome starter chest bonus? Yeah, uh, definitely. It, it basically moved my, uh, what uh, Armadas I would do on a weekly basis. Like instead of doing 48s and 49s, or whatever mm -hmm. I'm, I'm now doing like 56s and 55s, I think. Um, uh, this but, is the way. Yeah. If I'm wrong, but also at this time, did they not speed up the uh, G4 uh, epic chest to like less than a week? Well, I don't know what the G4 epic chest, but the G5 is 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 only a few days. Yeah, because I used to have I used to have both of my G3 and G4 epic chests on the same day and now they are like the G4 is I can open it way more than one uh than just every one or every 7 days. 
um, which interestingly made my stockpile of epic uh, loot actually go down, even though I'm able to hit higher now and get more starter chests. Um, but I've found the balance. Um, but yeah, uh, I've, I, I like that. If that was an announced feature or or not, but that was a nice quality of life thing that they they did with the G4 Epic Chess. I agree. Divine Ops says six days, 23 hours, 30 minutes, i.e. 30 minutes faster. Now, well, I mean, anything anything is good. A lot of people agree that G5 Epic Chess, there's a lot of thank yous in the chat for that correction and getting us that starter chest. I know if you are in the low to mid-40s, you have your Voyager, you can now reach that level. Boy, what a difference that makes. And if you are not getting into G5 Town and starting those uncommon armadas, there is a video about that that we did a few months ago. Um, you are definitely missing out on this whole entire loop on unlocking, unlocking epic and rare directives that you should definitely clue in on. Check out the YouTube channel. Go watch that video. It would definitely help you out. In addition to G5 Armadas in October, Bubba Joe, uh, we saw a new Syndicate expansion uh, into the 30s. And I know that you recently had a, a milestone. Did you not? Are you not uh, in the mid-30s now on your Syndicate? I am now 36. Six in my syndicate. Amazing. What what was that for you? Was that a hit or a miss with this new expansion and what it unlocked for you as a player up in your neck of the woods? Um, well, honestly, it's a miss. Um, really? So, and Agamus is really not that good. Um, hmm which is the first thing you get there. Uh, getting the additional fleet commander slot will eventually mm -hmm. be nice when I get there. I'm not, you know, fine. That's a part of this. Um, but the bonuses you get are all dwarfed by the bonuses we already got. So um, I, I'm not a fan of this syndicate tree expansion. The, the bonuses are pretty lackluster compared to what you got moving up to through uh, 30. So, and into 35. So, no, I'm I I mean, is it better than is it better than hazards? Absolutely. But it's <laughs> no, not what, like what kind of scale is that? <laughs> I mean, my chopped liver that I have downstairs that I'm feeding my cat from five days ago, you would say is better than hazards. Correct. Yeah, but the question but is which is better hazards or or assaults? It is better than assaults. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Are we talking about the expansion of the tree or or hazards? Hazards, I think. Oh, no. Hazards, hazards is not better than assaults. Really? No. You heard it here first. Ladies and gentlemen, Bubba Joe has a new 100% low point in the entire game. It is no longer assaults. It is indeed hazards. Man, you've gone all in on hating that feature. Hazards are absolutely, I mean, there are strategies to engaging with assaults. The well, only strategy to engage with hazards is to give Scopely money. There's no strategy. There's no planning. There's no way to do it other than to give Scopely money and, and level up in ops, which requires giving Scopely money. Um, Got it. No, hazards is awful. Speaking of misses, uh, in October of 2023, we saw the fun and exciting new feature, the addition to the game that made us all miss our dailies for at least one day on Battle Pass because they hit it in this new tab for 
the territory capture season one launch and that battle pass. Bubba Joe, on a scale of joy of Frankie whip mining to the pain of red data mining, where do you put territory capture season launch on that scale? Um, well, I think the territory capture three months seasonal arc is very much a miss. But the expansion to the territory tree, that research tree, is mm -hmm. is more hit than miss. I won't say it's a 100% win, but there's a lot to like there. What do you like best about it? Uh, well, again, more isolated damage um, is definitely a big plus. Uh, shield and a hull, uh, big plus. Uh, there are, you have the efficiencies, which are... You know, if you have not done a lot of the uh, the territory tree there, then you have the ability to use the efficiencies to do it easier. Um, but the stuff beyond those efficiencies are really worthwhile, in my opinion. Now, are those are those researches locked by ops? Are those all fifty up? The the revamp. I don't think there might be some that are locked by ops, but. I don't think that all of them are. My guess is that the last few nodes are op locked by ops, but I, I, I couldn't tell you. And that takes us through October 2023. We have one complete month left to discuss, and that is, of course, one freshest in our minds. The addition of, in November 23, the apparatus, the ship that so many people were waiting for for years to fly in Star Trek Fleet Command and go kill things with. That is Make It So Month 1 and the addition in the game of one of my favorite ships to actually play with, and that's the Borg Cube. Bubba, the ability to shoot something from across the system, regardless of how many ships you need to hit first to charge the weapon. I mean, that in itself of itself is a really cool and compelling feature just on the surface. For Agreed. Me. You agree with that. Now... What about the mechanic of needing to power up and hit a certain number of ships before charging up the weapon and that whole gameplay of finding out where I want to live, what system can I live in to do both ends of the mechanic? Did you engage with that in a way that was compelling to you or was that too much of a chore? Was that a hit or a miss? Oh, I, there is very little about the board cube that I don't like. Um, I like the loop. I like the rewards. I have no problem. I think that the... Okay, so I think that in PvP, it has some things to be desired. Uh, the the uh, punch-up tax is a ridiculous idea. Um, hmm. I think the thirty required 30-second cooldown for PvP is also unnecessary. Um, well, it's still in the game to this day. But I'm not a PvPer, guys. And so uh, do I like the idea that I could use the board cube to go hit someone from across the system? Sure. But to me, that's not why I wanted a Borg Cube. And I get some people they did, but uh, absolutely, Borg Cube, one of the best features they've done in 2023. I love it. And how it was scaled with the rest of your fleet was something that we saw for the first time. Karkin, did that, um, did that excite you in that? Did, did that make you go and have a look at your G4 rares and, and tear them up to a proper level to get your board going? Are you engaged with that feature at all? What do you think about tying the board cube to where your current fleet is in the game? 
Karkin's on a smoke break. But answer for Karkin. And I'm going to say that uh, it it actually is really quite nice. Um, You know, I am at a level where uh, my board cube is uh, not my best ship, um, but is definitely my uh, second best ship. uh, If you look at, I, I do have two T7 uh g4 uncommon so if you only just take one of them as that's my best ship then it mm-hmm. is definitely just below that it, it, it's probably comparable to uh a t5 uh g4 uncommon so it's a couple tiers down um and the next thing i, I can't do anything more to it until i get g4 uh rare up to i think t6 and i'm still two ops uh, ops levels away from even getting to be able to build that ship. Um, so I was actually very pleased with the amount of stuff they gave in the store, in the, in the refinery um, free to play, because within less than 60 days, I have maxed mine for my level. That and is great. I have- and I agree that daily, that daily refinery loop and what you can get for our participation makes me want to do it every day. It's just that simple. And this is what I, not to be on a pulpit, and, you know, my my advice is what you, uh, it might be worth what you pay for it, which is nothing. But this is the whole issue that I have with this game today, is that if you reward players through participation and give us a compelling reason by way of loot to do something, then we're going to wake up the next day and do it again and again and again. Because it, it's fun. I also didn't talking- hate um, the the puzzle of it. Like, which is the best way you want to do this? Do you want to go oh. with just the one you can hit, or do you want to hit something down and and you know hit punch up a little higher? There was different ways that you could actually run it, and you know, figuring I, it out which was best for you at each level was is it was a fun little. I'm not hating it, that's for sure. It's going really good. No, and what Blue and Jules and our community did to help us find out that information with all the data they extracted from within the game and stfc.space, boy, that was kind of a fun little treasure hunt that evolves every time you upgrade a component on the cube. So huge hit for me. Uh, Out there in the chat, I have not seen one person say the cube is a miss, if not for the sourcing component. And even that was pretty compelling and easy to gain. Oh, there's, there's, there are some people in the chat that are, uh, I don't want to take my faction ship to tier six that are like, and so I, I mean, there are people that are like, it's my 12th best ship because I can't scrap it. Just shut up. Oh, Cube yeah. is amazing. Well, you know, I will the tell you point this. is to, in fact, uh, increase the level of your ships. It's the whole point of playing the game. Yeah, go ahead, Buzz. Um, I don't think that the punch-up uh, um, reduction should happen in PvP. However, I have actually come to like the punch up uh, reduction in PVE, because if, if it wasn't for that, right, like my T6 um, uh, level 30 uh, board cube, I could actually get into a 4950 system 51s and basically hit one and, you know, charge on one hit, and kill on the next uh, with my beam or maybe take two beam shots to kill. And now mm-hmm. I'm set for like two or three days. Right. Like, um, and that, you know, with, with the punch, with the punch up, uh, uh, 
that that makes that makes it virtually impossible, you know, because I'm a 44. I'm losing like 80 percent or something going up that high. Um, but when I do it in like a 44, 45 system, it's I've got to kill like three to five ships to charge it up. And then I can kill one ship with my beam and I do that four or five times and I'm good to go for a couple of days. So I, I actually think that they did right in the uh, punch up uh, diminishment on the PVE side. I disagree with that. Oh, I'm now limited with my ship because yeah. uh, the next item, the next tier that I go to is going to be something that's above my cat. So I'm automatically going to start having a reduction just in my gun for normal target acquisition just for the tier that I should be hitting. So I don't like the up tax for PVE or PVP. I don't like, I don't like the up tax at all. Stanoscopely, mm -hmm. all we want for Christmas is to get rid of that stupid tax. And we don't want to have to pay to do it. Is that asking too much? Am I going to get an lump of coal? I'm not too sure, but that takes us through November, 2023, assuming Bubba that you don't want to talk about hazards again. Uh, do you want to talk about G6 or have we talked enough about G6? Um, I do not want to talk about G6. I didn't think that you would, but G6 came out. Was I will ask you one question that I've always been wondering as a player who's never been on the bleeding edge of Ascension. When 40 came out, I was probably Ops 25. When 50 came out, I was Ops 36. And now here we are, Ops 60 and G6 is out. I'm just barely in Ops 50. You have experienced Ascension from that first week when you were able to upgrade immediately all three times. Have you not? Yep. Now, of the three, would you say that we're going in a right direction? Is it getting better iteration over iteration? Is it staying the same? Or is it a lump of coal? G6, it's, that being G6. It's definitely a lump of coal. Um, you know, it, so D, DJ, if he was here, maybe he's he's listening and, and is just keeping quiet, uh, would point out, oh, we've got an Op 67 a month into the game, so it has to be better. And my response would be, it doesn't have to be better because it isn't. Um, the ascension to, from 39 to 40, I mean, other than the costs looking really, really bad and the common hurdle, like if you were, if you had just gotten to 39 when G4 launched, you had a really rough time engaging because you didn't have, you know, so much steel banked up and you didn't have all this latinum you couldn't spend. Um, so, but if you'd been there for a couple of months, you're like, I got all this steel and it was easy to transition through the pain points in G4. The same thing happened in G5. In fact, the first couple of levels, like from 50 to 51 and 51 to 52, are relatively painless. Um, they're, they're pretty easy to do pretty quickly. And then you hit a brick wall at 53. And it's just like you're staring up at this uncommon wall going, six packs for a building? That seems outrageous this early on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the g6 did not like g6 out of the gate with the with the conversion of material of resources um the way that they uh just completely neutered all of your g5 ships in terms of their ability to either hit or reach um or mine the new materials and resources um 
no g6 is a massive step backwards and uh because one of the things that they did do in g4 and g5 which was you had to engage to grind for uh for rep and since they've removed that there's nothing holding players back that just want to go to 70 in the first month and a half so if they are were being honest in the communication they gave to dj which he then communicated with us that they want this to be a longer grind than slow roll yeah i remember nobody told billy nobody told billy because billy's like i think we can make a lot of money with rep packs and furthermore they didn't build g6 as if they wanted people to grind because they made the rep that you get from the hostels significantly lower than what you get from g5 hostels so why would i want to grind for rep like so no they they g6 was is a bad launch from from top to bottom it's it's just it's really unfortunate that they have gotten lessons and they could have done things differently um Cruzito, that's a lie. They did adjust the PvP brackets, just not as much as you would have wanted. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I think that that's, um, yeah. No G sixes, and there's other like we can talk about leaderboards. We can talk about other things. Like there's a lot of things to dislike about how they did G six. Um, so no, I, I G six. They they, it is easily the worst of the ascensions that I've experienced. Well, as we all get our lumps of coal ready to ship to Billy from accounting. We will take our last commercial break. And on the other side of it, we'll be back with your thoughts and your feedback on the month of December, as well as your hits and misses. We'd love to hear more from chat on what your number one biggest hit and your number one biggest miss is of the whole entire year. And we'll ask our panel that before we close out the show for ultimate DJs. I am Griffin here with Bubba Joe Cuts and Karkin. We are talking Trek. Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. This portion of the show brought to you by crazybunch.org. Do you suffer from pixel fatigue? Well, we've got a gummy for that. Surtail has the answers for your health and wellness needs, especially when gaming. A gummy for blue light protection and eye health. An energy gummy. Or how about a relaxation gummy to help you chill after Wardod kills all your miners? Surtail is an independent distributor of all the aerial products you'll need to improve your gaming experience. Message Surtail on Discord or go to crazybunch.org. Talking Trek is brought to you in part by MN Toy Posse. MN Toy Posse is the biggest and best Facebook page all about toys. Meet other like-minded individuals that share in your same interest, have hard-to-find rare toys, or know someone looking for your special piece of nostalgia. Old toys or new toys, hard-to-find toys, doesn't matter. With MN Toy Posse, you can find it, buy it, or sell it. Visit today at facebook.com slash MN Toy Posse. That's facebook.com slash MN Toy Posse for the toy collector in all of us. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Rembrandt Toothpaste. Now introducing new Picasso Toothpaste for people with really crooked teeth that point the wrong way. Time now for You Make the Call. Hey, Joe. Happy holidays. Hi, Don. We need to talk. Huh, everything all right? No. You see that gift card you got me to that fancy restaurant? It had no money on it. Oh, man. And I had to pay for dinner. Ouch, that was probably a pretty penny. Yeah, it was $312, plus a $75 tip. You could just mail me the check. Uh, I'm sorry, come again? You can just mail me the check for the dinner. I'm not writing you a check. Why didn't you just leave the restaurant? 
We didn't realize the gift card was empty till after dinner. Don't you have a receipt for the gift card? Who keeps receipts? And the gift card was for $50, not $300. I had a few guests, okay? What? And you didn't invite me? You don't like seafood. Come to think of it, you probably re-gifted this card. Damn right I did. You gave it to me for my birthday, and you know I hate seafood. You're a son of a bitch. Well, you're a cheap son of a bitch. Should Don have to pay for Joe's dinner? You make the call. Tonight, on an all-new intervention, we look at the eyesore taking over America. My name is Doug Fritz, and I am addicted to wearing ugly holiday sweaters. It all started years ago at a friend's party. I bought my first ugly sweater, and then I kept getting the itch. Mainly from the cheap yarn, but still. Wearing ugly holiday sweaters gave me the ultimate high. You've never felt the freedom of America until you had a purple and yellow checkered reindeer plastered across your chest. Things got so bad I started wearing ugly sweaters all year long. Intervention, the ugly holiday sweater epidemic. Honey, come in the pool, you're sweating. I don't think this fleece is waterproof, dear. Grandma lost her filter sometime this year. Now she's saying stuff we can't believe. She just said my mom's as fat as Santa and called my dad a dope on Christmas Eve. She was drinking tea, not eggnog, when she called my aunt a hoe. Then she switched off the TV station and then she slandered half the folks in Mexico. When we woke her Christmas morning, her whole brain was out of whack. She put lipstick on her forehead, then she lifted up her dress and showed her rack. Oh, Grandma lost her filter sometime this year. Now she's saying stuff we can't believe. She just said my mom's as fat as Santa and called my dad a dope on Christmas Eve. You're not gonna believe what I saw. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. Didn't hear me creep down the stairs to have a peek. She thought that I was tucked up in my bedroom fast asleep. Then I saw mommy tickle Santa Claus underneath his beard so snowy white. What a DJs and here with our expert talking track panel, Bub Joe, Putz, Karkin. We are talking about the year in review, 2023, the year that was. We laughed, we cried, we spent money. Maybe we didn't. 
but we had fun. I hope that's why we're all here. Bubba Joe, uh, before we get our year in review pros and cons, our biggest hit and our biggest miss, how are you enjoying the month of September in the Alpha Quadrant and beyond? Um, I, this month is pretty enjoyable other than I'm finding that I don't always have 15 minutes to devote to a wave defense. I'm realizing that when I play this game, it tends to be in two and three minute intervals. Um, I'll reset my miners. I'll send a ship to go hit hostels or I'll take the three minutes to hit freebooters or whatever it is. Um, and so that has been. Uh, a little bit of a challenge for me, but that does not take away from the fact that I have thoroughly enjoyed wave defense. We all know that overwhelmingly so our community would vote wave defense as a hit. Earlier, I posed the point, would formation armadas be more enjoyable or more of a thing if there are more events associated with running them? And to that point, to complete the thought, here we are with wave defenses with which we have an event for every single day. I can hear the cat in the back of my head saying, you don't have to participate in every single thing, every single leaderboard, every single feature in the game. It's there. And if you want to do it, do it. And if you don't, don't. I am, I am opposed to your opinion only that I wish that other features like formation armadas, like ultra recruiting and so on and so forth had a recurring system that we could count on so we could flush through this currency and, and not hold back and enjoy the things that we work for every single day. And, you know, I haven't done waves every single day. I know many have, many haven't, but that's just my take on it. I think that there's no wrong answer there. I see your point. I don't have, I don't have time to do a wave every single day either, but am I mad that it's there to do? I'm actually thankful that it is for those who want to participate. What about you? Putz? The battle pass. You need the battle pass. Well, you see, might want to need the battle pass. The but do pass. you need do you need really? Do you really need it? I don't know that you really need it. But is well, it nice is it like that it's there? Four on, Janeway yeah. shards you're gonna miss? Come on, man. You can't miss that. If well, she I is were my favorite officer. Magic wand and 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 just tweak something just sm small, right? Is I would make it instead of like like as we have it now, oh, you've got to complete three waves or five waves every day or whatever, right? Have it a weekly thing that you have to get through whatever, I don't know, 15 waves, whatever seven, my brain is tired, 21 waves. Let's say, let's call it 21 waves, seven times three. So three, you have to get through 21 waves in a week. Um, that way you can do one or two, three or four, whatever you need to, but you don't have to do them every day. I think that would be a good quality of life improvement. I love that idea. And see, it's little things like that or you don't necessarily need to design a whole new feature, just take better advantage of how to utilize what's already in the game to make it more compelling to participate in. Isn't that fair to say? Yeah, make it a week-long timer, make it 21, 25, somewhere in that range, and give you the rewards that you would have gotten if you did it every day, you know? They, they, I like they, it. You, you know what the benefit of that is also? They don't, have, they don't have to write all of those different you know, things. They just have to write one for the week instead of seven. I mean, on the surface, that would that make me engage more or less in this game? The answer is obviously more. And I would like to see more of that thinking brought into the game as we look at ways to uh, take advantage of what's already there, minimize screen time, and make it a more enjoyable experience. Uh, before the break, we were talking about what your 
biggest hit of the year is, your biggest miss. I was reminded by the cat that we also need to think about quality of life pieces in the game, things that were done to make our life more enjoyable in the universe and what you loved about that. So if you want to make a biggest hit be, for example, the MP sliders that were just brought into the game, what a huge freaking little thing. It's the little things, man, that make a big difference. I mean, that might be up at my top. The claim all buttons were another big one. So please think about what your biggest hits and your biggest misses are, and we will read those as we go along and speak with the panel. Uh, Karkin, are you still with us out there, sir? I am Karkin still here. Yeah, it just takes a here. second sometimes right. to unmute. So <laughs> if you were thinking about quality of life, features, have you had time to prepare what your biggest hit and or your biggest miss of 2023 was for your personal gameplay experience? Would you share that with the class? Well, based on my memory, it's only the most recent. So I'm going to choose the claim all. Freebooters obviously gives you more time, but I think we're looking for something that's more, something they've put in, like a tiny little thing to make your life just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that shows progress, that they're actually maybe starting to, you know, it's intuitive. It worked. There was no problems associated with it. It just worked. That's it fair. doesn't do your uh, seven day. It doesn't do your 30 day. You're not doing something that you're not accidentally wanting to grab. It just works. And that is wonderful. So I'll go with that one. Yay, I love that. And what about your biggest miss? Oh, I, my brain tends to erase those. So I don't you know, go into a crazed frenzy of insanity, but. I love the positive energy there. I mean, why, yeah, why dwell on the past? Like other people yeah. who are still complaining about Hugh in freaking March, putz. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with that one. With uh, so that putz can't take it. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to steal his treasury uh, debacle. That's oh, the greatest man. miss. What a troll! Because I care more about other people, and I know how much it hurt putz. What yeah, a I troll! Would, I would say my biggest, uh, you know, quality of life. Uh, is from the Voyager loop um, with the uh, um, uh, messages, uh, faction messages, being able to go into the whatever that's. I mean, I am. Uh, I pretty much was like, I'm. I don't have time to go and find scouts, so I hadn't used that mechanic for God probably nine months, a year, and as soon as that came out, and as soon as I was able to get in there, I haven't been without pulling those every day for all three factions now. And for me, so that's... The, the, you're referring yeah. to the Delta Quadrant Borg systems, which were a mystery never announced in yeah. communication with uh, Star Trek Fleet Command official announcements, left up to the content creators to explain exactly what they were. Uh, at first, the cat thought they were going to be where the rare formation armadas would live, and that was not the case. It's just a great place to go hit a Borg ship, get a ton, thousands of these faction credits, and also, putts, don't forget about the commerce insignias from the Voyager loop that are in there as well. So that's your biggest hit. Yeah, th I mean, that that is my biggest hit, to be honest with you. And uh, my uh, my biggest miss outside of the uh, Treasury fiasco of, of March of 23, um, I would have to say is... Um, it, it might be a tie, but but the one... And, and I don't know if it is me being a Luddite and I don't understand technology or whatnot, but I got a new phone and I don't know if it was within the week of me getting the new phone or whatever, but like, I don't get notifications anymore on, on my device. Um, Neither do I. So, 
I, and I don't know what the heck happened. I don't know when they're going to come back, but that is the biggest miss. Like, like, Oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't pay Verizon the extra five bucks for those push notifications. That's, that's your fault. Well, I'm with AT&T, but you know, yeah, I, I'd pay Verizon five bucks for that. You know, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm at AT&T. I'm at AT&T. Well, I mean, I think that those are fair points. In the chat, Cruzito says that the biggest miss of the year just globally was the five-year anniversary as a whole. And boy, what a big point that is, Cruzito. I mean, there are so many components to the five-year anniversary from the giveaways to, you know, going and seeing the movie and the board cube computers that you could win. But man, I mean, what percentage of players actually ended up winning a prize versus... You know, the rest of us who it's cool that there is the fight. Yeah, I mean, did we get an unlock of an epic? Yeah, that was absolutely cool. I mean, you can't complain. I heard a lot of complaining. You cannot complain about getting a free epic any day of the week, twice on Sunday. That's a hit. But I mean, what was communicated in game with the five year anniversary as a whole? We just learned a couple of days ago that all those uh, gizmos are redeemable. And, you know, that that that's cool. Would I have liked to have heard about it beforehand? Would I have loved to have heard about it in September when we started collecting those? In this one player's opinion, yes. Is it great that they're redeemable for the tokens in the event store? Absolutely. And go redeem them now. It's live. You get 600 tokens for each one of those that you redeem in the event store. People are getting 20, and it's an even number. You're not going to be left over with one. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> exactly right. It's a one-to-one -one redeem. All that is great. But, Cruzito, I'm not going to disagree with you. Just from the standpoint of communication, I think it could have been a bigger deal. Am I happy with the prizes? Yes. Is it cool that people won them? Absolutely. Is it great that we get to redeem all of those tokens for loot in this um, faction store? Yes. Or in this um, event store? Yes. Let's just talk about it in advance so we can all get excited about it for three months instead of waking up one day and knowing what we can do with them. But uh, well, to your point, yes, I see that. I don't know. I don't know if we needed to to know three months in advance, but like at the beginning of 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 December or maybe the in between, you know, the last week of November, be be like, hey, and coming in December, all of these tokens will be redeemable for something. You know, stay tuned. Yeah. Right. I mean, Not that would be really cool. So, you know, so but they did announce that they were not going to be redeemable. Oh, did they really? Oh, Tell us more. They, they announced that these were just the ability to be drawn for a prize. You see, so I the wasn't fact that they are that worth up. something now yeah. is a change. Like they decided, hey, let's just give them something so they can get them out of their inventory. This is a bonus. This was never supposed to happen. Well, maybe bonus, that was a maybe that bonus. was a gesture to do something cool. You know, and and if it was a gesture for doing something cool, then announce it and say, hey, this is what we're doing, like to build a little bit of of goodwill. Like half the people didn't know about it. They're still going, what, huh? What? You know, like they missed a great opportunity to PR, to have good PR for themselves. And they just, you know, I, I said it in our chat. They 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 pooed the bed. Well, continually um, ignoring ignoring the communication element of it, I am very happy that we got to do something with them, and I'm loving that it's part of the event store. I got 13 rare um, officer shards as a result of turning what in what in I had, so you know I'm not going to complain. I'm going to say thanks for that, but let's you know let's tell us a little bit sooner in year six. A couple more misses in the chat before we get to Bubba Joe for his big hit and miss and quality of life improvement. Um, 
not relating to the five-year. Uh, communication in general could have been better. Yes, I agree with that. Graduated. Um, what else did I see? I'm not seeing where, where are your guys's hits? Let's, let's talk about some positive stuff, not just the five-year. What did you guys like out there and why you get those in for us? Um, Bubba Joe, the year that was, do you have a ranking for us? Well, I, someone said it earlier and you know, was there more positives or negatives this, this year? And I think that there is definitely more negative than positive this year. Um, but I would, while I don't like how G6 launched and I'm not loving where I'm at in G6 right now, um, although it is, is a little more tolerable now than it was when it was launched, as far as my ability to engage in some of the features, I love the mm. board cube. I still love the board cube. I use it, you know, not every day, but I use it multiple times a week. I enjoy that aspect of the game. It's easy for me to use. Um, I have no problems doing what I want to do with the board cube. Um, I love wave defense. I don't get to engage it every day because I don't always have time every day to devote that much dedicated time. And I get it. It's only 15 minutes. It's not how I play this game. I play this game in small spurts. So um, I think both of those are fantastic. I think another one that has not been talked about until just now by Sal, uh, the game history video. I thought that was a huge hit for this year, not necessarily in the game, but that was the legacy reel was so much fun to watch and see how so much fun. Yeah, we had so much fun. We did that for days. It kept going yes. all week. Yep. So I think the legacy reel was absolutely a, a fantastic addition to Kind of the engagement that we got with Scopely. Um, yeah, I think from I think Scopely, that, yeah, I think, I think from that that's uh, probably the best thing that that yeah, has I, happened with with Beck's team on that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, and I think as far as impact to the game, I think it's hard to argue that Hugh isn't one of the most impactful things they released this year. Hard to argue that there's been anyone even more impactful in terms of PVE. Um, in terms of PVP, obviously we had, uh, the impact, whether you liked it or not, I think most people did not, uh, of Freeman. Um, but I don't think outside of the pick officers, I don't think anybody can say that the officers were inconsequential. Like you could say that the board queen and, uh, the other one, not Dayzok were pretty much a miss and the pick officers were a miss. But all of Voyager was uh, was so amazing. The lower decks officers, um, while I get people are upset that the PvP is where it's at, those officers are going to be relevant. Uh, the additions to strike team through lower decks, um, the officers we have now, the officers this this year have been definitely game altering. And I think, and I still think that the first on that list is Hugh. Um, Hugh is such a game changer for hitting hostiles in terms of turning a majority of your shots into critical hits and then all of the additions to critical damage that have happened this year. Um, Hugh is a game changer. Um, absolutely uh, one of the highlights of the year. I completely agree. And if I were to say what my biggest hit of the year was, kind of overarching, but to your point, it's just really the metamorphosis of the lower deck ability mechanic 
and what it has done for for additional strategizing from within the game, how things like not only Hughes Feature, but Hole Breach, Morale, Burning, and more all went from the bridge into the lower deck position and allowed us to free up additional space on the bridge to further, um, you know, uh, advance our strategies in the PvE and the Armada world, and even a little bit in the PvP world. I thoroughly enjoyed that specifically, especially the BLTs, the Hughes, the Tom Paris's, all that was great for me. And uh, Bubba, do you have anything else to say before we read uh, DJ's uh, biggest hit and wrap it up? Um, well, I mean, the, so I, I I talked about the things I really liked. There were definitely yep. things, and we as we went through the year, things I didn't like. Um, if you say hazards, I'm going to scream. I'm not going to. Okay. Ha Hazards are one of the biggest misses for the year, but it's you said not it's the worst the feature ever in the game in the history of the five years, which I it is, you know, I it is, know. it is, and I'm nothing is nothing is worse than that. But I think that hazards are such a limited thing; they are only G6, and as DJ has said, he can't interact with them, so he can't feel the the frustration and the pain. Fine, right. okay. There are other things that they did this year. I think the launch of Forbidden Technology was just catastrophic like it's better now but it has you had to invest in it right to get it to where it's playable now um i think that uh the pick officers outside of beverly were very wasteful um i do not like the state that pvp is in even though i don't pvp personally it's obviously you can look at that and go this is a terrible state for the game to be in. we need to improve pvp so mm. um I think that, and yes, I mean spend cash because there isn't a way to get the things you need to make forbidden technology better without spending cash. And I don't think that's fair. I think that needs to be addressed and that needs to be fixed. Um, so there are definitely, and, and, and let's not forget, game stability has had a number of really rough spots all year long, usually around arc launch, but we've had entire arcs that were littered with really, really bad errors. Now, people are going to say this month has been bad. I disagree. We had really bad rough launch. Uh, there were some issues early on as it related to um, uh, the get it, sh ships getting stuck. I have heard more people say I have not had issues than I have heard people say there are issues. Um, I, I, you know, there are. I'm sure there are still people that have issues. I'm sure there are those people have issues every month. But the stability of the game post-launch this month has actually been improved. I think that that's a fair point. We almost made it a whole year without a arc fall coming back down for maintenance before it officially launched. But um, unfortunately, we did see that happen again this year. And that takes us to the host of Talking Trek and his opinion, which I have in a prepared statement from oh, but we're um, out of his time. <laughs> Sorry, we're out of time. I don't know if there's the pomp and circumstance music that we can play in the back. No, there's not. DJ says FT launch is his worst feature, and believe it or not, his biggest hit is going to be unpopular. It's Voyager, and the reason why is because the loop prompted huge investigation from the community. Great math, finding efficiency points, hope spots, push spots, and source wonderful awards for isolated awards from the anonymous samples. We identified pain points early, but tools continue to release and evolve to the final point of seeing the whole entire loop 
for isolated artifacts and then learning at the end of the game of artifacts with the overflow mechanics with the remnants. I think Voyager is the most satisfying and complete loop they've ever released from A to Z and it's solid, well-built and well-engineered feature. Whether or not he's wrong, we'll leave for you to take it up with him on our next Talking Trek podcast. We have a very special schedule coming up for the Christmas holidays, so be sure to tune in to our social channels so you don't miss when we're going to pop on next on the Twitch stream and talk about the year that was and play some games and have some fun with DJs. For the cat himself, this has been Griffin, along with Butts, Karkin, and Bubba Joe. We'd all like to thank you for spending your Wednesday night, December 20th, with us as we look at the year in review. And we are looking forward to a very prosperous 2024. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, not only today, but this whole entire year, for helping us with the Christmas Angel Fund, raising $54,000 plus for charity. What an amazing end to this year, and it couldn't have been done without each and every one of us in the chat. For Talking Trek, my name is Griffin. We'll see you next time, and thanks for tuning in. The cat says, meow for now. Love you, mean it. See you next time.